Hey, gang, have you heard the latest? Hey, humanoids, wake up. It's the brain on the hotline. And I've got it all right here. Call the biggest names in wrestling on the WCW hotline. And I'm going to tell you things you won't believe. What we can't say on TV, you can hear on the hotline. Call right now, the WCW hotline, 1-900-909-9900. Calls cost 99 cents per minute. Kids get parents' permission to call. Charges will appear on parents' phone bill. Welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Better. I'm JP. And I'm Gareth. And how are we, lads? All, rec- all recover from the weekend? We had a, uh, we've done a lot of podcasting lately, lads. We had a, we were very busy. Yeah. We were up late on Saturday. Uh, I, had a, I had a sore head yesterday. I've got to be honest. Uh, I was up late. You basically like we? How long did the the, the, the the Grapple Happy Hour go on Saturday? Probably like four and a half hours or so. I'd done. Uh, yeah. Earlier in the day, I'd done like four or five, four and a half hours with the Ogdens as well. I'll be honest, I didn't get out of bed till 6pm yesterday, and I'm not ashamed of it. Um, I needed that rest. Uh, well, Gareth, you've been there. Like, uh, it's, a, it's a long day trying to drink and keep up with the Ogdens as well, never mind uh, our lot as well. I was going to say there, at least uh, at least uh, when I finished doing the Ogdens podcast, I got to like douse for the rest of the day. You had another four hours drinking and talking and you're there. Like, so yeah, you did pretty well. I'm not surprised you were up till fucking... JP did try to end it at one point. And I was like, I'd gone off to get something yeah. to eat because I was starving. And I literally came back to JP trying to close the podcast. And then it was like, ah, fuck it. We'll go another hour. It was probably a mistake. But, uh, you know, we got to chat to a lot of our patrons. So it was fun. Uh, it was a good way to spend yeah. Saturday night, even if it did kill it me for the entirety of Sunday. It was like we were having quite a like, kind of big conversations about like the general state of wrestling mm. and a lot of stuff about like the kind of boxing as well. I learned a lot about boxing that night. <laughs> Thanks, Will. Yeah. <laughs> it was sitting under the learning tree with, uh, with Will Cooling up the other boxing for that last hour or so. I'd lost all control. Will had taken over. Look, he's a runaway train. He's, like, he's a hard man to wear. So him, and, him and WH, again, like like the last time at Christmas, they went off and did, their, uh, did Will's PW Torch podcast and they were asking me in our DMs whether I wanted to join them. I was like, I just looked at the message and I think I fell asleep immediately after looking at it because like, the idea of, of shoehorning in another two hours of like whatever Will wants to do, I'm sorry, it's not happening. I've got even I've got my limits. Wow. I was laughing when I got up the next morning and like saw that on the chat that mm. <laughs> saying to you about doing Will's show. I was like, no reply from you. I was thinking, yeah, <laughs> Ben was out of the game there now. No way he's doing that. No 20, chance. Twenty-four hour live podcast a thon, Benno. Do you reckon you could do it? I mean, we're doing like the, the WCW thing for post, aren't we, on Saturday, where it's like a mini version of that. They're doing like six hours, but that's with like hour blocks, you know, of different people <laughs> rather than just like going right through. You've mentioned it before, doing 24. Martin's mentioned it to me before as well about doing a 24 hour podcast. I don't know. Maybe it's possible, but to be honest, I'm still looking at my desk. I haven't even cleaned my, my podcast desk out. I've still got loads of beers left over from, uh, from when I was with the Octans. It's like, Jesus, man. 15 of them on the table here. I need to Monday night at time of recording. Are you Mate, honestly, yeah. Well, I'm going to work today as well, you know, and we've had some uh, some technical issues too, but we're all sorted now. Did all you, good. 
did you manage to? Uh, I'll be interested now. And actually, like, uh, I think we talked about it a little bit on Saturday. But like, did that Ogden's podcast, and we talked a little bit about Universal uproar in the year the mid two thousands. I'm guessing it didn't uh, persuade either of you to go and check that show out. I didn't, mate. I was watching the Ring. I think it was the Ring of Honor show that I just finally like. Kind of spent most of Sunday, kind of like watching in little installments while having to do other stuff for it. Mm. But you told me it sounded it sounds really fucking good, and it's on YouTube. It is, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I would like, Quite. you probably heard me say on the podcast, like, I would, I'm not giving the whole heart of the endorsement because it's a 2005 show that's shot pretty badly with chick cameras and bad lighting. Is it really going to translate unless, you know, you really, really, you know, for whatever reason, feel like, I don't know, like close to that period of the time and, you know, the wrestlers who are on it. But there is, there's still a couple of good matches on there, Loki and Homicides, and like, there's a, like I say, there's a, um, a Noah tag in the main event, um, which is great. You know, Kabashi turns up with his work and boots on with his uh, young boy Go Shiazaki as his tag team partner. There are there are things worth watching on it. I would definitely say still. And it's cool that it's free on YouTube. I know it's some uh, the FWA files. I think that have, that I've thrown it up there if anyone's interested. Mm. But, yeah, I'm guessing that wasn't That's a time right. you were going to shows, Gareth, like 2005 or so. No, not at all. Not at all. I still had the um, the stink of seeing posters around working with the legend of Doom on it and things like that there that made me just think British, British wrestling. Fuck got around that, that legend of Doom, didn't he? he? He got around. He was doing the business in Liverpool as well. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was seeing that. I was just to- totally turned off the the idea of going to British, British shows, seeing all like posters like that. And plus, I didn't know anyone who was a wrestling fan, so the idea of just going along to some, I don't mm. know, some wrestling show on my Todd at that time yeah. was just a, just a, just a mm. no-no. Whereas by the time I got into my uh, 30s, I didn't give a shit about anything. You know, you're, like, you, you, you know, you're less bothered kind of thing. Totally, so yeah. you're just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So that's probably why I started to go to more shows, just started out on my, on my Todd in the in my thirties, but then obviously met this wonderful crowd of people, half of whom were in our comments tonight as well. <laughs> there you go. And all I, I always say, Gareth, like the well, biggest regret is the fact that me and you used to drink in the same pub in Crosby and everything, probably for like a a ten year crossover period, and at no point like met. Like if only like there'd been just one night where me and you were in the Berkey in Crosby, and I had like an old school Ring of Honor CM Punk shirt on, and you had like a, a one of the WWE ones or something, and our eyes could have met across the room, mate, and we could have been friends. Like, <laughs> longer before um. wow. I, I wouldn't have been wearing a WWE t-shirt anyway. <laughs> but, but, but to be miracle honest, violence connection or something is what yeah. you'd have been yeah there you go yeah, yeah, it's if, if I'd have saw somebody in a wrestling t-shirt, I'd have probably just uh, moved into the other bar because I'd be thinking I don't want some awkward wrestling interaction here with somebody that I've uh, never spoke to. So I think it was just destined never to be. Then you, it's funny you mentioned like yeah, being embarrassed being a wrestling fan. Like I, the other thing I mentioned on like the podcast and like um, just generally on Twitter, I put some screenshots last night because I was trying to work out why I didn't go to Universal Uproar, and it was completely like. Really, I genuinely still don't remember why I didn't go. I think I'd just done a lot of things, and the couple of months before, I couldn't afford it in the end. But like, I went through my emails, like I said on the show, and looked for like emails around the time, trying to find like, oh yeah, you had tickets to this. That's why you didn't go. Um, but I did find, as I put on Twitter, some interesting emails. One of which I didn't post actually, and it's relevant to the conversation. Like, I had an email from my mate inviting me to go to some shitty British show, and I literally replied to him, going, ah, I wouldn't be seen dead around a lot of the British wrestling fans, so not interested, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Fast forward 16 years, here we are. <laughs> what are you going to do? But yeah, my emails did not make fun reading. No. Have you started training wrestling yet? No, I, I applied I applied to Big yeah. Time Wrestling, aka All Star, 
Um, this was a year before I even like broke, dodged a bullet there. <laughs> like me and Dean Omar could have been a tag team, you know. We could have uh, yeah. <laughs> the new Liverpool lads, you know. It could have worked out. <laughs> they never applied You'd be to bollocking me. people for slagging off a butlin' show. <laughs> Just I imagining always... <laughs> like, yeah, it's like the anti Benno, so yeah. 180 degrees, like really kind of fierce, I, I, old school. British, yeah, yeah. To, I mean, it's about Drew McDonald, <laughs> the proper stuff, the round stuff. It's uh, that's the proper uh, Robbie Brookside, Frankie Sloan. They're the yeah, real. It's Norwich. They do wrestling properly over there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be I'm fair, not- like I considered Norwich in the past, though. Like, remember in Power Slam where they'd have the adverts for Hamelock? I used to like consider. Oh, mm. maybe, maybe I could go down there and train there. Oh, it was like that when you used to see them ads in the back of back of um, Power Slam. Like it was always just like too far away in my mind. I just sometimes think I'm I'm fucking glad that there wasn't some like an advert there that was like Liverpool or Manchester or something like that when I was He's at gone. uni because I'd have, I'd have definitely 100% gone and done it, and I'm, I'm fucking glad that I didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially with the story. Oh yeah, big time, and and like, I'm just thinking there about your email there and not getting a response. I'm surprised they didn't like reply to you and. Like you got done for five grand or something like that to go and uh, you know go and get stretched. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be fair, in reading back the email that I clearly put a lot of thought in, I spelt the word training wrong, so I feel like I I failed at the first hurdle there. Although, yeah, maybe they should have just looked at that and gone, Mark, yeah, he'll he'll give us some money. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it was a, it was an interesting. Wouldn't you? I would have. Yeah, I totally would have. Like the 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 pipe dream of being a wrestler, I would have been over there. Yeah, just giving them, just going over and uh, and finding myself in uh, in Birkenhead training at the uh, the All Star School. It was always uh, like I say, different different path in life I could have taken. Instead, I was spending my time doing efeds, uh, which we talked about on the Ogden's podcast as well. Um, I am interested. Did that you ever? Were you two efeders at any point or anything like that? No, I it, it was tape trading, but like e-fedding just seemed like I remember once getting it like kind of posted to me because mm. you would post stuff back, and I went fuck this, I can't do pen pals or stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is like I can't. Have it is basically pen pals. Long yeah. distance letter relationship <laughs> over a fictional wrestling. I just thought for me that was like kind of a step too far, and I had been introduced <laughs> at that point to like football management games, so mm. it seemed like like why is this thing kind of exist in, in existence? Well, I was playing EWR. I just also like to role play as New Jack. Um, which, I mean, you've all seen me. Like, don't look much like New Jack, but I, I pulled the promos off, I feel like. I, I was maybe better at being Jimmy Rave. I was very good at that. They were the emails I found. Do you want to cut uh, one of your New Jack promos now? No. Live on air? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> I would rather not get cancelled. <laughs> My Jimmy Rave ones were problematic enough, to be honest. It was all about being being rich and uh, flying out to Ghana with Prince Nana. Uh, we had like a stable in the uh, in the XWF. <laughs> <laughs> like, look, it was serious business, mate. Me and like a couple of couple of my best internet friends, you know, we we created a little stable. It was like the it was basically the equivalent of like the uh, the million dollar corporation, and you know, it all existed entirely uh, within our heads. You know, I think it was me. I think my group was me, Kamala, Christopher Daniels, the million dollar man, Johnny Polo. I think what? was in the group. And Repo Man, that was the stable. Because I sent the screenshot to uh, Galato Dan yesterday. <laughs> Look, we were very creative. And the Repo, I don't know why the Repo Man ended up in our stable, but it was very important. Like the, I literally found emails like from like the guy organising it, kicking off, going, ah, you aren't taking this seriously enough. You're not getting your role plays in in time. You're not answering your trivia in time. It's like, 
What's he think he's running? Yeah, that's that's Serious suspect land. You're not getting your role plays in on time. <laughs> Bear in mind, I wasn't like, like I wasn't like 12. There. I was 20, so like, I'm 21 for some of it as well. True. So I was too too I old mean, for that yeah. business. But like, it sounds like you were taking it very serious. I mean, can I ask you what are some of the things you did while you were role playing as New Jack? Just out of curiosity. Uh, I think basically just threatened to stab people a lot. Um, threaten bodily harm right. and yeah, correct. <laughs> none of that blood play stuff that he was he was banging to at one point. No, none of that. No, no, I just cut my best new jack promos, you know. Um, which again, I probably was not qualified to do. Um, what, what are you up to? Because I, I think you said, Gareth, that you you were, you were in a, you were at least trying to get in a couple of feds or something like that back in the day. Yeah, yeah, I dipped, I dipped my toe in the water, in the murky waters. <laughs> and, um, when was this? <laughs> oh God, I must, I must have been like, oh, I must have been like nineteen, twenty. So it must, have, it was on, it was online, um, mm. and obviously it was, it was a fucking efed. Um, and um, yeah, I'd, I, it was one of the things where I look back and I think I don't even know if I was fucking doing it properly or what. I don't know. But um, I had this. I had a, I had a fucking fantastic storyline that I'd made out for my character. I, this is one thing that always stands in my in my head. He had a great spot. He was like a Mikey Whipwreck character who just like lost all the time, but was kind of like lovable loser. And I had this this great scenario ba- based where he was going to be at the uh, at the at the top of a cage and um, getting pummeled by the uh, by the person he was feuding with, and then having lost and lost and lost and lost for months then um then got twatted and just fell backwards off the cage to the outside through a table but finally won by like basically getting twatted off the cage and like <laughs> landing to the outside and uh, and unfortunately my elaborate story uh, over several weeks or months didn't uh, was just like not used in favor of some lame fucking boring something that happened and I was like I'm out I'm putting my heart and soul into this uh, <laughs> weaving in this elaborate character and storyline with a great little payoff there at the end of the feud and just totally ignored and you know someone Paul Heyman of the E-Fed someone beat me with their finisher in five minutes or something like that I'm like I'm out this is <laughs> this isn't for me I was, I was probably playing with some fucking 11 year olds or something like that at the time <laughs> or something like that who knows But <laughs> or a 21 year old dope like me taking it fast yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they booked a load of fucking Royal Road stuff, had they? Is that what they decided to do? <laughs> I, I feel like with mean things. Keep these ideas, Gareth. Get them written down on notepad somewhere. Send them to Vince. You know, it's not too late. Mm-hmm. Might get a job. Send them to Tony Khan. In fact, yeah, do that instead. <laughs> you could do it. You could do it with someone other than uh, what's it called? Uh, who's the who is actually the bookers over at AWs? It's it's Tony and. Um, Cutie Marshall, isn't it? I think Cutie Marshall helps and put the shows together. I think I saw that on Twitter the other day. You could you could take Cutie Marshall's job, Gareth. I believe in you. I wouldn't want to take food off his table, Benno. I'm not like you. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> uh, the food snatcher. Benno's scorched earth policy of like he's not being happy until every wrestler starves to death <laughs> until that point until you have all the fucking food and there's what? no wrestling as I just mentioned my stable the royal family we had, we even let Repo Man in you know even Repo Man was eaten so you know I've, uh, <laughs> I've changed the I mean <laughs> I'm kind of weird this is very dark I'm loving this dark side of the E-Feds conversation just <laughs> like oh. Those whether or not you can get a Vice TV series out of it. <laughs> they, should do it, they should do an episode on it. 
Yeah, they want New Jack, and instead they get me, IWF New Jack, uh, which was my, my I, it was my AOL, as, as talk, we talked on Twitter yesterday, that was my AOL instant messenger screen name for far too many years, IWF New Jack. So and if, if any of the poor people in the chat ever come across that doofus or a uh, name, that was me. Uh, the doofus who once sent a message to Steve Carino asking if he wanted to join his E-Fed and roleplay as Steve Carino. Unbelievably, Steve Carino said no. Um, I was that guy. <laughs> Uh, do you have any fun usernames, uh, JP? We were talking about this yesterday. And, and you have, you, well, usernames, because you were like you weren't really part of the internet wrestling. I hate, no. to, I hate to use the term internet wrestling community. But the there IWC. Was, there was one twenty years ago. Now your nan's got the internet. You can get the internet on your All fridge, right. so there's no such thing anymore. But back then, <laughs> there was one. Like a fucking Scott Keith here with his fucking gatekeeping. <laughs> Scott like, Keith and um, uh, oh, Scotsman and all them problematic people. Yeah, were you, were you not part of that community, JP? I wasn't. I mean, it was, and it was just one of the things of circumstance of mm. kind of like when it was starting to be a bigger thing in the kind of early 2000s. So it, it was at that point, I was a dad, like kind of by two, 2004. So you had a life, so basically it, what you're saying. Well, <laughs> I, I could barely stay awake, yeah. like for most things. Mm. I can remember many times being taken to a cinema and just waking up two hours later because I go, you just put me in a darkened room with a fucking film on it. What did you expect to have happen? There's no way I'm staying awake. So like, <laughs> I kind of drifted through this stuff. I knew it existed. It was like message boards. I just kind of, I just kind of didn't have the time for it. Mm. So a lot of this stuff is, it's there, but I couldn't really get necessarily involved like kind of with it. The only username I would say I use at all is like my, I think it's my, it's my PlayStation username, although the kids use it and they and I won't let them change it, is KG Muto, <laughs> which is just like, like to them and their mates, you know, they're not watching Noah on the reg like <laughs> as much as I might try and approach <laughs> Yeah, I installed a Beamer TV onto their phones. Um, yeah, just do you have crack. the same reaction to it I do then, yeah? <laughs> when you put on a DDT show. <laughs> yeah, I tried, mate. I tried. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I gets to the crux of this week's problem, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got if we like you mentioned on uh, on Twitter yesterday, you had you had some fun. So you weren't like, uh, I'm guessing you weren't like AOL Instant Messenger or chat rooms or anything like that. No, I was like, it was, when I first got the internet, it was when I first went to uni. So that was in 96. So that was like the library at the uni. But that was, it was like basically all I used it for was was for wrestling, basically. Just go to the library yeah, and just reason, reading like message boards and things. So I'm thinking like 96, that must have been pretty, you know, it's it's well early on really, I suppose, for, for yeah. that. And I'd literally just be like living and dying what was on wrestling forums every every day, basically going it was going at wars time, wasn't it? It was fucking all kicking off most weeks. Oh, yeah, it? Yeah. Sick. Just as things were, yeah, just just online just, onslaught. Did you ever just, read him? Just no, nah, mine was always like one wrestling or I wrestling. I yeah, think it was one, I wrestling one, and one wrestling. One wrestling at, the t- at, the, at, mm. at the time, they were they were ones that were bit, I was on quite a lot. Um, but yeah, I was I was never a big poster. I was always just a bit more of a, a lurker kind of thing of just like going on yeah. there to read the information rather than like engaging with people and actually like having a crack and meeting mm. people. And I don't know, maybe, maybe I fucking should have done really when you when you look back, but probably maybe not. Don't want to live my life, mate. Not seen much happier. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think probably like a bit later on when it was it was a bigger thing again. I was probably like 
you know, I was older by that time. I was kind of like mid twenties of when a lot of this, a lot of this was probably kicking off a bit more, really. And mm. you go to fucking work every day, kind of thing, and you're getting married and stuff, kind. Of, you know, yeah. I was like married relatively young and stuff like that as well. So it's uh, it's one of them. Like life, uh, life got in the way of uh, internet forums for me. Unfortunately, mate, you having a jolly round fucking Boca Juniors stadium, well, indeed, <laughs> Wellington, were not you, mate? You were. I still, I still. That, that was, yeah, you were like you because I was going to say, didn't you like keep a diary of like your like world tour and stuff? You've got like I want to hear the Gareth diary. I want to hear the grapple that Gareth diaries one day. That's a podcast idea. <laughs> I don't know about that. I was going to like got up midday, went to Subway, walked about <laughs> for a bit, got got drunk, <laughs> had another sub, had, had another Subway, went back to a shitty hostel. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's not so much mileage in that. There was a few peaks along the way, but yeah, mm. yeah it was uh, good times, glory days. See, while you were doing that, I was meeting people in the one wrestling forum chat rooms, joining eFeds. Literally, it's all connected. The reason I'm like a big Ring of Honor fan is like my mate Justin from from my eFeds. I went and met him, and I literally 18 years old decided a good idea was to go to Wisconsin and meet my two friends from the eFed and the one wrestling forum. And uh, we ended up going to like the Ring of Honor shows like the year after we'd met and stuff. I remember telling my mum, I just told my mum I was going on holiday with all my mates. Uh, I was 18, but I was like, if I tell my mum and dad, especially in like whatever year it would be, like your dad, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, in like 2002. Oh, by the way, I'm going to meet people off the internet. I think they would have uh, kept me at home. So I made this big elaborate lie and then just went and met some strangers off the internet. And it worked out all right for me, you know, I didn't, didn't die or nothing, you know, it worked out fine. Um, but yeah it was like uh, to be honest like i always think like a lot of the people from like that that period i'm still in touch with now like there's still like you know we, we're not like big friends or anything but like i don't know if you guys know you know the chair shop podcast today barry murphy does um like oh, yeah, his yeah. co-host on that joe like i only figured this out a couple of years ago he was the first person on the internet i ever spoke to just joe for life uh at aol.com i think it was and you when i was like 16 17 he hadn't and only figured out like 16 17 18 might have been 18 19 years later oh yeah by the way we we are actually uh, those people who used to chat back then it's all it's all connected because like you you were saying when you're on twitter gareth that like you um used to post on the uh the paramount um text on a mailbox like that for me that was like because my my timeline is the same as yours i got onto internet in 1997 when my sixth form got the computers in and it was like it blew my mind but before that and even during it i was getting most of my, my wrestling scoops from going on like the letters page on paramount x mailbox where like it wasn't even a wrestling themed channel in any way you know they showed cheers reruns and taxi and stuff like that but the poor editor who wasn't a wrestling fan just kind of accepted all these writings from wrestling fans on there and yeah it did make me laugh to find that you were uh you were one of the uh the others on there as well as ian hamilton who's in the chat i think alan cheapshot was on there as well wow it's it's mad to th- yeah it's mad to think because like i was i was racking my brain about it like when you posted that the other day and i was thinking was it even it wasn't a pure wrestling board was it no it was no. like it was anything wasn't it but yeah but yeah yeah and like um did you read about yeah, montreal so on, on there that's where i found out about montreal oh no i i, I remember montreal um <laughs> in my second year at uni we had um sky in our house then it was the only year in uni that i had um, it's had very it. similar so, lives again so, so it must it, it must have been uh, we must have watched it live i think but i remember just like 
um, getting up the next morning and just like legging it up to the phone box at the top of the road and like phoning, you know, like phoning some like wrestling hotline or something like that <laughs> to, get the, to, to get the fucking scoop on what had totally. happened the night before kind of thing. Because I, because yeah. again, it was like a, whatever, it was a half an hour bus ride into, in from, uh, from where we were living into, into town. So it would have been a good, it would have been a good sort of 45 minutes before I'd have been able to get into the uni library and find out online. So yeah, it was uh, straight to the, uh, straight to the wrestling hotline to find, uh, find that one out. So yeah, that was a bit fucking bizarre times, but yeah, I was, I was there on the Paramount stuff as the, uh, as Super Delphin, great name. Mm, um, on that's brilliant. And I reckon, <laughs> I'm not just saying it, I feel like I recognize that name. I'm sure I remember the, I remember there being a Kurt Angle. That's one that sticks out in my brain. But I, I think I remember there being a Super Delphin, I think. But, but like, but the, I don't know if there was, used to be one on like Channel 4 as well, maybe or something. But um, I, again, was this, was this the Paramount one? You had to phone up and say it. You had yeah, to say I used what to... you wanted to say. It. Yeah, yeah. I was, I'm going to throw it out, I was the, the stinger from Liverpool. Um, <laughs> I'd have the from Liverpool in there at the end. Bearing in mind, I would have been like 13 or 14 or something like that. And I used to go to the phone box at the end of our road and I'd literally ring up and like leave voicemails. And I wasn't always, I had a few different names. I wasn't always the stinger. And I used to always like try and put a deep voice on so that he'd put my messages on there because I didn't want to sound like just some kid ringing up. But yeah, you did actually literally ring and left a voicemail and then he'd type it up and put it on like the letters page and yeah. say anything went. Which is which is wild. But just thinking about them hotlines as well. I remember, um, <laughs> I just remember the phone bill coming in, and like when I was like still at yeah. my mum and dad's, and then uh, my dad like sitting me down for this like you know, this eight nine eight conversation, and I'm just like, what? and I was like, I'm like, it's wrestling, it's wrestling. I promise, it's, it's just wrestling. And, you know, like, I ran I ran up for like a thirty quid phone bill or something like that. He was going fucking bonkers, and then well, let me phone it, and he phones up and yeah, whatever, you know, it's fucking bill after at the end of the line, and he's even more disappointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, you're not just yeah. being to porn. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah, go to your bedroom and I've got like posters of demolition on the wall or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. There are a bug of those Power Slam hotlines. Yeah, yeah I did the same thing. Power Slam. The superstars of wrestling one, mm-hmm. even going back when I can remember ringing a hotline and finding out about like Rick Rude being in like Halloween Havoc 91 and stuff like that. I mean, that's going back wow. quite some. Hey, your internet before internet there, JP Scoopster. Wish I knew you. Well, it was. I mean, like otherwise, you were basically pinning together a bizarro real narrative of what was actually going on. If you bought every Apta magazine and just had a bullshit filter when it came to like some of the articles, mm. and so you saw all these different rankings that were slightly different, and it was like, oh, they're good. And it was just like, well, why is Iceman King Parsons not being promoted as the top fucking guy here? This makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> um, uh, my my thing when I was like first becoming a smart mark was the best wrestlers the ones were the ones who did the most moves. I think we all had like that period in life where you just that's like I think Billy. I, I remember having that arguments with my mates about Billy Gunn being the best wrestler in the world because he did more moves uh, than anybody else. I was wrong about that. Um, <laughs> but you know your brain gets formed by like these little online communities whether it's like through phone calls or like forums or whatever i i knew a kid in school who was just adamant that brutus beefcake was the best wrestler and he never lost just wasn't <laughs> fucking hearing any kind of you know i i didn't admittedly know much about the house show circuit mm-hmm. like at that point in time to be able to kind of like question it but i was pretty sure that was the case um I was going to ask something actually very quick. You mentioned about Montreal. Mm. When watching it, 
the thing I always remember that's like something's up here is there was the sign just on the hard cam side. There was that guy who just said like, why wait, Brett? Leave, just leave now. And it was like, what the fuck is happening here? And it was <laughs> like, you know, that you kind of, I, I don't know. That at that point you thought something you were tipped was fucking, off. I, yeah. I watched the whole, you know, watched the show live. I presume it was live, if not the day after. And thought it was weird, but didn't really think much of it until I logged on to Paramount Text, like the night after, and the update of the mailbox letters. And the poor editor, who was actually still, I'll throw a shout, he's on Twitter still, at Mailbox Ed, he posts like YouTube videos of all the old comments. And stuff. It's a good trip down memory lane, Gareth, I'd, I'd recommend it. But um, he literally went away and um, made an entire page on Paramount Text just for Montreal. Like there was like a seven page, like a thread basically telling the whole story of what happened separate from the letters page. And I distinctly remember reading that and like that was my first like, oh, fuck, that's what happened. Like, and then I'd go back and I think I must have had it on tape and rewound the tape and figured it all out for myself. But that's how I found out yeah, through that. I couldn't sleep. I can seriously remember like yeah. lying there, just like just racing, just racing over in my head. And I just literally couldn't wait to just get up in the morning and like it. Like it You've never box. seen it. <laughs> like that it was just like you never saw this mm. and, and stuff like it was when he gobbed on Vince as well and it was all oh, fucking hell yeah like that. I think this is yeah it's <laughs> bad the way I was stupid enough though to think yeah Brett just tapped to the sharpshooter and that was the end of it oh well <laughs> on to Monday Night Raw I was the one guy <laughs> it's, it's alright Sean sure, I'll put you over <laughs> end of story oh. different worlds then isn't it sliding doors well yeah what well, if Brett says Fair enough. I'm leaving the company. I should put over your top, the top guy. <laughs> oh, what if, uh, oh, what if the fuck off the shit one instead and keep Brett? Well, you know, I'm in agreement with that after uh, after being blocked by the uh, the gobard cunt this week. So, you know, um, <laughs> I'm all about. Uh, I'm all. Te- I'm team Brett now. If anyone's not a patron, did he wasn't to trying us. to block Gareth and did you by accident? That's- Look, we were. <laughs> it's probably Jeff Ogden's fault, but you know, we were on for people who didn't hear. We did the WrestleMania review on Thursday for uh, for Patreon, and you know, I accepted after a lifetime of denial of saying Sean was better than Brett that I've seen enough historic Brett matches now and comparing them to Sean stuff they do hold up a lot better came to the conclusion Brett was better than Sean logged on to Twitter the next day found out Sean Michaels has blocked me coincidence probably yeah he's probably just seen all my NXT UK tweets but anyway I'm still blocked by Sean Michaels is that who S Hinkenbottom is in the fucking subscribers <laughs> <to> the <laughs> he's keeping an that eye on the straw that broke the camel's back was it <laughs> I think it was yeah uh, but I, I was gonna say um <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Andy mentions in the in the chat there about uh, spending a uh, two hundred two hundred pounds on a phone bill for the uh, the race up rapid race line for horse racing commentaries at ten. Ogden's starting early. I appreciate that. But like, what you needed to do, Andy, and I've mentioned this before. This was the trick. What you need to do, mate, time travel back to, to twenty three years or so because you, you'd need to do that first for this tip to be any good. Go to your local Mega Bowl. Because if you go to your local Mega Bowl, they have they have phones in there, you know, those old stool phones where you put a 10p in and you could call someone. If you put 10p in that phone and then rang the WWF hotline or the Palisam hotline or whatever, all that would happen when you ran out of credit was the person on the other end of the line couldn't hear you. So if you were just ringing your mum, that would be enough for you to hang up or put another 10p in. But if you're ringing a hotline, you didn't need to speak. So you put 10p in and then sit there and you get the hotline for free. <laughs> 
And I know this is entirely useful to everyone. You know, it's a quarter of a century ago where this, this tip would have been useful, but I know Alan Farrell's out there. I know he used to do that as well. We had a chat about that on Twitter at one point. That's what we all missed, unfortunately. We could have done that instead of uh, running our mum's bills up. It's one of the things I think that we, we come from sort of wrestling's dark age with this <laughs> stuff. Yeah. How you obtained footage, it felt like just a fucking quest to get some fifth generation VHS mm. of watching bloody Public Enemy versus Sandman and Tommy Dreamer inexplicably in Currican Hall. Mm. Like to a mostly empty Currican Hall as well, frankly. And you're thinking, why? I've paid quite a lot of money for this to come in a postal order, by the way, <laughs> that you've sent to someone, a, a thing that just seems mental yeah in hindsight. how was that legal tender yeah. in any way <laughs> yeah phones magazines told us information yes like you know jesus christ we all i'm sure like it, well it's just like in in wrestling's terms we're like the people who you know famously shat it and ran away when they first saw a projected film of a train pulling into a station and they just thought the fucking thing was going to go through the wall and legging it we're from that era mm. where like you know today phones weren't always a thing the, the internet wasn't always a thing yeah <laughs> smartphones and look though. at us now mm. there's a there, you know we've, we're saying there isn't stuff there it's like uh there's an app here. It's got Noah and DDT. I suppose I could watch it. <laughs> you just think, this is mental. Yeah. The other week, you could watch New Japan, Noah, and All Japan pretty much one after another, live. streaming live. Mm. Yeah. Yeah well, yeah. well, I mean, you were just saying there about the tape trade, and I just think about when the first when ECW was just getting hot and you were reading about it in Power Slam, and I was just like desperate to see it. And again, just thinking the first time I got them tapes, and like you're there, like living and dying by something that I could barely see. You know, it was like watching through a fucking blizzard in my spectacles or something like that, you know, and but just like hitting that tracking button as much as possible to just get, like, be able to see 15% tracking of the screen button. or something <laughs> like, you, you know. But, like, that was it. You know, still watching it again and again and loving oh. it. Like, you know, it was just like, no. Wait, did that work with the tracking that. button if you were watching a scrambled channel? I wish I knew that. Shit. Could you oh, no, I was just talking about the, the, the shite 90th generation oh. of the tape that you oh, had to, okay. you know. Where, yeah. I was thinking you meant like... It never looked good when barely legal and hardcore heaven arrived in the post. It's a hard <laughs> sell, isn't it? I know, I know. Who sent this to me? Some bloke. Do you know him? No. Right, the story isn't really adding up, is it, at this stage? Yeah. Here you go, Dad. I've learned the lesson. I'm not doing them wrestling phone lines anymore. I'm ordering hardcore heaven. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He'd be well impressed. He'd appreciate it. Uh, no, I thought you meant then that, like, yeah, because like that was the thing. My my dad would get like Sky Sports for the football season, and then in the summer mm. we'd have to make do with like because I'll be watching the wrestling, obviously, and I'd have to make do with like the Sky One highlights on like the weekend. But me and my brother had still put Sky Sports on on the old analog uh, Sky Sports because even though you didn't have the channel. The channel would be scrambled, but you could hear it and you could hear the commentary. And we we, we were trying like every which way we could to unscramble it. Also for the porn at twelve o'clock when uh, the adult channel and Playboy channel started. But look, I was thirteen. What can you do? Um, but <laughs> we never found a way around it. Uh, yeah, that would that would have killed me. That that would have killed me. You. <laughs> You're gone. Look, mate. Just when I when I found, as we talked about on this podcast before. When I discovered the German channels, it was both from a wrestling and the other thing point of view. The whole world was blown open. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a great thing, Sky Analog. Um, they were the days. Oh, it was. 
It was. Dark days when there's German channels left for the wrestling, of course. Of WCW course. Pay for the wrestling. Oh, yeah. For the wrestling. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, I don't even want to. But I feel like we'll probably after we move us on, as uh, Chris has said, the show, mm. we're probably gonna. We were saying before the show we had nothing to talk about today. But there you go, lads. We've uh, spent yeah. thirty-five minutes on the good old days. I think that's the uh, right. that's the stuff people want to hear compared to what's going on this week. Yeah. It's true. Isn't say, it? a, a, anything to plug? <laughs> I know. <honestly>. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's. Uh, we, we probably we probably should uh, get the plugs in as well because yeah, there isn't a huge amount to talk about as far as like this week's wrestling goes. But yeah, you know, we've been we've been busy on the Patreon. I was, this I was, I was, I was just closing the show off. All oh, right, we done. <laughs> All right. Follow, follow me, at Gravel. <laughs> 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 no, genuinely, like we could. So there's nothing else. Ring of Honor, all right. Turn off everyone. Bye. <laughs> That's kind of how this show is going to go. It still won't go through yeah. ours. Um, <laughs> but no, plugs are actually, are actually a good idea. We should throw, throw some in here because we have, we have actually been busy on the Patreon as well. So, you know, even if the show goes a bit shorter than normal, uh, JP, there's, uh, there's been plenty for people to uh, to sink the teeth in over the uh, the last week or so. And uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll mention some stuff we've got coming up as well. Yeah, I mean of the stuff that we've done. The last uh, thing that we did was the uh, was the flashback episode mm. for, for WrestleMania Eight, which is a wild show. Looking mm. back on it, really, just all the weird into what you find with this is if you watch it as like a historical document of the time, mm. it's all the weird interlinking how everything changed in nineteen ninety two, like just throughout nineteen ninety two, how it starts and how it ends. So it's a really good, kind of like good going back into into a show with um you know when you think of the legend of bret hart it's this kind of stuff that mm. like kind of you, you you end up thinking of that was really good good fun we've uh we've also had our, our daily updates um we've we've had we did our weekend preview as well which mm-hmm. i think i butchered some of the stuff on there before we actually previewed a new japan show that no one else could see thank god <laughs> i think dodged the bullet it's a really important show that with all those six months. Well, I don't know if I should be admitting this on here, but there's stuff where you do where you leave like in something. Well, I've announced a Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa ladder match. Like, was that you or is that my fault? That was you. That was all you. That was a was daily that me? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm not taking the blame for that one. <laughs> I think I might just throw, well, do you know what? I might just throw one lie into slow daily news updates <laughs> do it. And, and just kind of like. Not really dark ones, although now that's all I want to do is to slip mm. in some like horrific headline to start the day off that just turns out to be a complete lie. Um, <laughs> to keep you all guessing, we are going to be doing also a um, a deep cut into Wrestling Society X yeah, as well. We've up. got that coming up for, um, for our patron, Carl Gack. Um, mm. We've got our newest King of the Mountain to remember, Joe Edwards, who's mm. going to get a chance to uh, to cho- choose what he wants for us. Is you coming your way well. soon, mate? Uh, yep, and a, and, a, and a video as well. Um, lucky him. Uh, <laughs> and yes, so we've got loads of other stuff. And then you're going to tell us all about all the WrestleMania stuff that we've got going on as well. Absolutely. Before I do, I just want to mention my favourite one of those uh, moments on the weekend preview show where we are very professional, JP, is when I <laughs> when, when I made the typo that, uh, that Andrade, I was meant to write that he'd missed his LIJ friends in ROH and I wrote kissed and JP just read it out. Uh, all time a moment. Ron, Bur- Ron Burgundy, mate. <laughs> if it's on there. You should go around kissing the LIJ lads. Uh, right, uh, I'll start closing the show going, 
well, fuck you all, grapple patrons. And then just like completely unironic, just closing it as if it's just the normal close for this show. Look, like you say, we keep people on the toes. It's what we do, JP. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's what you get for your, you for your buddy. You perfection. You want imperfection. That's what Vars taught us. There you go. There you go. Oh, yeah. this, eh? <laughs> and it's Those what you get with... Those off, we miss them now. It's true. It's true. Oh, yeah. And that's what you get with Spotlight. You know, imperfection. So we just give you more of the same over on the Patreon. And, um... <laughs> Plenty of fucking that. <laughs> well, we're getting more of the same uh, coming up. As you mentioned, JP, uh, uh, WrestleMania weekend, um, week month <laughs> 10 days i don't know how you'd even describe it at this point is coming up and yes we are going to be busy for that um it's going to be a bit crazy so settle in but the general uh, idea is going to be that we will do uh because things start on fucking tuesday and essentially jp with the hall of fame um we're not counting the hall oh, of fame right. but we were starting on wednesday uh, on wednesday we'll be doing our our weekend preview this is the week of wrestlemania with uh, nxt that night and aw on that wednesday night. we're doing our weekend preview <laughs> yeah uh, we have to that's some the nonsense <laughs> yeah. of the week doesn't it it's the only it's the only chance we're gonna have to do it properly and like i say we could even go tuesday we could even go earlier jp with a with the hall of fame being on tuesday but yeah we're gonna jump in with that on wednesday uh, and then every day uh, across that period thursday friday uh saturday and potentially sunday uh we'll be looking at doing uh recap as we do every year um, but this time um, we'll, be, we'll be doing it um, in conjunction uh, with some live shows as well that we'll be doing um, so yeah that weekend preview will be free for all um, for everybody to get and then on the Patreon we'll be uh, doing the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday uh, recaps of the GCW and IWTV shows going on as well as uh, NXT and as well as you know some Wrestlemania content as well uh, and we should um, be doing some live uh, content as well I'm saying this uh, cautiously in case we change our minds and you guys go fuck that but the plan was to do some uh, live watch longs of Wrestlemania Saturday Sunday we're still doing that right we haven't been talked out of that by Fastlane no I'm up for that it was okay a, it's still it happening was good, it, was, it, was, it was the only way I got through it last year I was gonna say, <laughs> in many ways it makes the homework that bit easier mm. rather than me sat here by myself watching again why am I watching this yeah like, this is yeah this is this is terrible that's it and it might be Randy Orton which will probably be well, as, as we're doing, like, you know, the daily updates and we're doing the, the live stuff, you know, we might even draft some guests in to help us with it as well. Um, but, you know, we might say uh, it might not be all of us on each show, but it'll be like combinations of us too. Um, but the good thing is, you know, uh, like I say, we'll be doing all of that daily content for all of our patrons. Uh, the live stuff will be for the live tier patrons uh, on the Saturday and Sunday night and potentially um, some other bonus live stuff as well. Uh, and then the Monday for everyone, um, as, as usual, um, we'll be recording Spotlight. Um, again, for our, for our live guys, they'll get that Monday night and Tuesday morning. Um, it'll be available for everyone and don't worry you're not going to be missing anything you know while we will be doing these daily updates for our patrons monday will be like the big recap really and um, where we talk the entirety of wrestlemania week where we pretend it's over because actually jp it's not even over at that point there's still raw and nxt on tuesday as well but fuck them and um, they're not getting that out of us <laughs> you can handle that on the daily updates that week mate sorry that's your job <laughs> I'm, I'm going on all the after that that's enough i don't need any more <laughs> so fucked the end of that week oh honestly i think that that potentially uh, like monday the 17th of uh mm. of april spotlight could be a fucking barren affair <laughs> by that point 
I've got, got nothing else to say about wrestling. That's been well, done. Tentatively, we were trying to be skillful here, aren't we, Gareth? We want, we want to, we've been teasing doing the uh, the Jesse Ventura film club. We've got to do that that week. I think we won't want to watch any more wrestling that week. So I think that'll be a, unless things uh, massively change, that'll be the bonus show that week as well to, uh, yeah, I think clean people's palate after that much uh, WrestleMania themed content. Clean our own palettes, Scott. Yeah, oh, we'll be desperate to just uh, watch some uh, watch, watch some films. I'm just thinking about with the um, with the collective stuff as well. If we're mm. watching all that GCW stuff, I know from like listening to you last year when you were was it last year or the year before when you were on your like two, mm. two, two days in and it was like your, your sixth Orange Cassidy match in two days <laughs> and things like that, you know. And it was uh, <laughs> you were uh, <laughs> it was like great fun at first, but then yeah, when you've seen the uh, the same thing for the uh, sixth time in a couple of days, it wasn't so wasn't so great. So I'm just looking at these GCW cards and thinking mm-hmm. like how much crossover there is going to be with the same uh, same guys on different shows here and stuff like that as well. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know how uh, I don't know how in the uh, I don't know how in the in the weeds we're going to get to with it, with all of this, but I don't know. I'm feeling um I, I'm feeling up for it. You can le- lean on me more than normal, I think, for these. I might have a few days off work or something like oh, that. Oh, good lads! I, I, I think it's a bit a bit. We're a bad influence, JP. Feel what we've done. We've, we've dragged Gareth into <laughs> podcasting. Yeah, now we've we've it. dragged him into WrestleMania week madness. Go ahead, Gareth. It's like, it, it, it's, it's this like is a uh, mental affair. You forget like crap, really what's it? going on. Ah, <laughs> uh, but it's like. There are points where you go like, "Why am I doing this crack?" Mm. It's, it's, a bit, it's a bit dark side night of the soul when you're when you've seen Orange Cassidy just do that hands in pocket, and you've got the announcers selling it like it's amazing, and you go, "This is legitimately the sixth time in two days that I've seen this." <laughs> Nate, it was the like day that. it was the day he walked out for that match with Brian Alvarez that I was done that WrestleMania. Year. I was like, "I'm not watching Orange Cassidy versus Brian Alvarez. I refuse." <laughs> like that was my line in the sand. <laughs> the limit. <laughs> I wonder what that match will be this year. It'll probably be the 20th death match from GCW or something like that. Even even that'll it'll turn even me off. Um, Nick Gage just going through the motions. <laughs> <laughs> just like... <laughs> uh, but- Which, do you know what? I'd watch Nick Gage going through the motions. I think as a piece of performance art, it'd be interesting, but mm. you know, I'm weird like that. <laughs> well, I was going to say as well, Gareth, uh, you know, obviously we've got no fine details to announce right now, but fair to say probably see some uh, grapple promotions as well going on over the uh, the weekend. Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll be looking to, you know, do some of the usual stuff where we'll be giving away some freebies, some free codes and things like that as well, you know. So just obviously just I'll be sending emails out and things like that around that. So, yeah, keep your eyes peeled on that and on the on the Twitter as well. We'll also be doing, like, the affiliate links as well. So if you are planning on buying any of the uh, GCW stuff, you can, you'll can you be able to order that through the Grapple website as well. So, um, again, it's one of those won't cost you a penny more, but we just get that little bit of kickback from Fight. So if you are ordering it, instead of just going straight to fight.tv, go to grapplelapcom slash support and just order it um, order it through us because, uh, yeah, every little helps and all that uh, along the way just to um, <laughs> keep us <laughs> keep us going through really? those uh, three days if we're uh, reviewing absolutely uh, everything. Maybe even get Tease Benno back into back into Greg's after breaking the habit. <laughs> That's I think it. this could be, could, could be a downfall. I'm going to need it, Vita. I'm going to need all the, all the energy. Is it going to be a WrestleMania Tamatonga or G.O.D., I should say. <laughs> 
<laughs> might be them themselves if they fucking uh, tear it up but uh, yeah that, that, that's that's a must I think um, and yeah like I said you can look forward to all of that and like I said uh, weekend preview free for everyone regular spotlight free for everyone and then yeah um, some extra bonus stuff there for patrons too but yeah we should uh, move on to this fascinating weekend wrestling um, that's uh, having us as weekend it is very much the calm before the storm right now before that crazy crazy Wrestlemania weekend where like I say it's not even just WWE now AW you've got a house show you know two takeovers as well as two wrestlemanias impact have even got a show in the midst of it. nxt uk even getting in uh getting involved in the action as well in uh, and having a show that wrestlemania weekend so it does feel like these uh these two uh last weekends of, uh, before all that kicks off have been relatively quiet but we do uh remain with uh with some fun stuff to uh to talk about this week uh, a little bit of aw a little bit of a uh, roh as well but let's uh let's start with uh with aw and uh talk a little bit about uh this last week's dynamite and the uh and the dynamite coming up uh but like to me like you know good show but not hugely the the most uh memorable of shows I, I think it was one of those shows where maybe there's no big headline coming out of it but there's you know good progression um throughout the show it felt like on this last dynamite i think probably you know the, the starting point gareth as me and jp talked about on the the weekend preview is the for me the fact that they they were brave enough to put darby allen and john silver out there in a in a main event on dynamite um considering you know john silver's position in things you know six months ago never mind a year ago um a couple of months ago even you know he's a he's very much been an aw dark guy i mean it says everything that they were willing to to back him and put him in a main event with with darby allen it says everything about what they think of, uh, of darby allen and the the data they've probably got about you know how he does in the ratings and such and yeah you know dynamite was a not particularly um well-rated show this week it was in the you know the seven hundred thousands. maybe what's their what their usual kind of is you know during this you know post pay-per-view period but thought it was really notable they put those two lads in the main event and you can't say they were responsible for that number because the the main event did uh, better numbers than a lot of their other recent main events recently it was the highest rated thing on the show uh drawing more than eight hundred thousand viewers and for yeah for a, a darby allen john silver uh main event i think that uh that's certainly uh, something to be applauded yeah, definitely. And I think the big message that that sends out and the message that it sends out from the week before as well is that, you know, to the roster as a whole, if you get over in whatever way that you're doing it, um, then they're going to give you that opportunity and put you in that, in that position to capitalize on it and, you know, put you in main events and put you in prominent positions on the shows and things like that, which is something that obviously... You know, it, it almost feels like when you when you're drawing the benchmark on these things, you always naturally just look back to WWE and you think about the amount of uh, guys in the past who they've they've had that element where they've I don't know got over online or got over on YouTube or you know they've started to show seeds of character and things breaking through um, organically on their shows and then they maybe been stifled a bit. It seems mm-hmm. like things here away, like you get someone like a John Silver who really came to the fore on, you know, being the elite and then just building and building on that and, you know, that giving him the opportunity to demonstrate his character a bit more. Then they were like, fucking hell, let's bleed this onto the TV and like, let's let us see a bit more of this on Dynamite. And they've, they've run with it and gone with it. And then it's mm-hmm. followed through to the extent there that it is in a, you know, a title match in a main event on, you know, on, on Dynamite and drawn great numbers for it and having a fucking good match as well and you know i think you know that was one of the things that really came across for me was that 
you know, while he's done these comedy bits and things that have obviously been great, showing that personality, showing that natural charisma, and you know, I'd, I'd get a lot of people on board. When it came to the crunch, and he was put in this situation where it's like, okay, well, we'll go out and, and have a match. They had a, you know, they had a really good match. I mean, I went like three point seven five stars on this, which you know, again, I, co- I come back to this point quite a lot. It's the whole, you know, it's a, it's a TV match at the end of the day. But you could, you know, there was almost that like seriousness to John Silver, the all, all business side of it as well. And um, you know, I think that the, you know, the 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 way they worked, it was it was it was really entertaining. You know, there's you know a bit of you know bullshit went to one side for it and it came across as like kind of a genuine credible um credible title match you know and there was some it was, you know there was like i say there was that aggression there there was the you know there was the, the some pretty cool spots in there as as well you know that um that coffin drop from the top to the outside by derby was you know, like great as it always you know always it always is but then um you know that at the end the the spot with silver where he looked off him beat and then you know uh, derby uh, was on the ropes and things like that you know they built that drama into the end of it as well and mm. you know really it was um it, it, you know all in all it was just a a match that that really delivered as well so it was kind of like just felt like a, a tick in a lot of boxes there and you know I'm referencing there about them being put in that position very similar to Britt Baker as well. You know, she was, sure. you know, the, in, you know, the, the week before, you know, over the last 18 months or whatever, she's gone from where she started out there. She'd obviously got the injury. She'd give us more mic time while she was injured, injured, you know, given the opportunity to turn heel. And she's proved that she can do it, proved that she could talk, proved that she can improve herself in ring and consequently gets pushed and put in a main event there. And especially as a female as well, put in a, put in a main event there where, where they delivered to as well. So, Again, I almost feel like when we do our dynamite reviews every week, it's almost just like positive, positive, positive kind of thing. Especially after sometimes feel like that coming out of my my mouth, but it just it just feels feels that way to me. It feels like that you know again, again as much as we might slate them for the Christian side of things and you know you know the uh, big show elements and things like that. Mm. That's, you know, it's not like they're you know totally you know closing the door on the things that were you know positive about the the, the business as a as a whole, and that's you know that's something that we've that we've seen filter through and and you know be really positive and well received in the last few weeks. Don't worry, mate. I'll bury Sean Spears in a bit to uh, bring balance back to the well, but uh, <laughs> sticking on the positive front, uh, JP. Yeah, it was a it just was a it was a fun main event, wasn't it? It was it was it's one of them. It's it's yeah. sad. It, it was nice to see them do well in the ratings a little bit. You know, sad to see. Um, you know the the injury news that we had uh, coming out of that with yeah. John Silver's shoulder, but good to know it's you know it's only a four to six week thing where he's going to be out. You could see it in the match. You know, he was clearly clearly hurting, yeah. and it wasn't part of the work. But yeah, I thought it was a really good match. I wonder, like I, I heard somebody made the point of about how you know they had Sting out there. You know, they had him on the ramp and almost maybe purposely placed him there. You know, so maybe lend the match a little bit of star power and give the lads a bit of an assist. And I've seen that. I've seen that take made by a couple of people. I mean, I think overall, I think you know the success for the rating i think probably falls more on you know john silver being someone people are fond of right now and mostly probably darby allen you know being a bigger draw than maybe some of us suspected um going in or you know maybe traditional wrestling i might say otherwise in fact really because i think most of us you know Mm. saw the star uh, potential in darby allen but yeah i think there's a a couple of factors going in there but i think it's it's mainly the uh, the two lads uh, in the main events who can take the credit I, I think so, and I think they, like I agree with you. There being a couple of factors, I think they're draws in different ways, aren't they? I mean, mm. and it's, but it's both primarily a kind of online audience that that 
they'd be bringing with them as well. Mm-hmm. It, it's just as kind of what they've managed to do is make everyone mean something. I was mm-hmm. thinking this about AEW, where AEW has kind of created this kind of universe mm. to borrow it from wwe oh no however you you have an idea where everything fits within the structure of everything else yeah. so even AEW dark and even nightmare family stuff it's the story of people at the very very bottom rung first getting into wrestling trying to get in there working their way up through these kind of tv matches then when they actually get to wrestle on dynamite mm. it's presented as kind of like a big deal yeah and in all of this stuff and like you mentioned earlier on about bleeding in the BTE stuff. They've managed to make a way of not everything is perfect because otherwise it'd be absolutely doing like unbelievable viewing figures and the, and, and the rest, but everyone is kind of interesting mm. and everyone I'm kind of, there's very few people who I really, really in, in also kind of actively hate to appear on the show, even Christian cage, which I couldn't care about it so far. It's a one-minute backstage skit with Frankie Kazarian. I'm kind of fine with that stuff. But everyone fits in with this universe. And so the idea of like a, a John Silver, like he means something. And so the idea of him being in that main event, like I say, it just sends all really good messages, not only to other wrestlers, but to the fans as well, mm. where the stuff that's entertaining feels like it's going to get rewarded. Mm. And the stuff like, say, about Darby Allen. I'm probably not as high on, say, Darby Allen at times. I, I think there's things okay. where, I'll be honest, I find some parts, the character in it, I don't know, it's not me. I'm a 42-year-old fucking cynic here. You're you not know, buying stuff like, in Hot Topic, Yeah, exactly. I'm not I'm not the, <clears throat> the core audience he goes for, and I neither kind of point. should it be. Unlike me, Alex was sat next to a um, girl in his class the other day, and when I came to pick him up from school, I could see them laughing together, and then when he came out, um, I says, what are you laughing at there? And she says, oh, that, is that girl who was looking at you walking up the path, and she was saying, what a massive email your dad is. Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Still got it, mate. Are you most cool? MySpace isn't around anymore. You should be so. dressed up like um, Robert Smith, really, should you? <laughs> At any point, did you have one of them emo fringes with like like the the ear the earrings in that like go through like a big hole in your ear type of look with like a little tight hoodie on, and then no one could really tell if you were a boy or a girl? Was that was that your look at any point? Oh no, that was uh, that was later. Too old for that. That was uh, that was that was uh, that was later than. Brian Maloko like, from Placebo. Yes, yeah. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, go back to AEW somehow. Sorry, JP. I know. I, I just think it's what they've what they've managed to do is because everybody means something. You can take risks, and we were speaking about this on the preview show. You can take risks with what you do with your quarter hours, and I yeah. think they do the thing where in this post pay per view slot, it's like they cool off for a bit and they start to reset. But what they've, what they've been doing is kind of pushing different people, like Ty Conti would be an example of that, of someone who they're putting into these positions and they kind of mean something because they're involved in that storyline. It's amazing how nice the Dark Order storyline just has somehow become out of all of this. It's, just, it's one of the weirder things, isn't it, of of kind of this time period, an angle that none of us, no one liked, mm-hmm. has suddenly become something where when they come out, you're like, yeah, hey, good on them. Like, yeah. you know, they're, they're kind of like the idea of this kind of plucky band of basically they're a plucky band of people who are com- who should be completely disparate who yeah. would normally be classically ignored and 
this is the other thing that shouldn't be ignored about this. The main event for this match, the body shape, like these are two wrestlers who we don't think of in that traditional kind of muscle-bound type. Mm. And I think that's something that, that AEW does well and does well to recognise that if everyone looks like a bodybuilder, no one is special. And like, even though they do have the, some of those kind of like big absolute behemoths as well, and I know John Silver's ripped and the rest of it, it kind of, it's more interesting visual dynamic to have people who look different across the board. Yeah. You know. Imagine, imagine if Vince McMahon got his hand on them too. I know it's a, it's a dead point, but it is true. Well, like you, you can't help look, look at, you know, John Silver's like four foot nothing and, you know, Darby Allen's tiny like absolutely tiny like you know in not just not not so much height even just he's a skinny lad and he wears skinny jeans to make things even wet or tight or whatever yeah. whatever his you know his gear is like but at the end of the day like you know that's he looks you're right jp you know we're we're probably past the demo of of you know people who'd be into a, a derby allen but he looks you know he looks current he looks like somebody that like yes you know he's the type of i've heard steph say on her youtube show before you know like he's the type of person who vince mcmahon would miss on because as with you know jeff hardy never got like a hot topic deal or jeff hardy never you know alternative you know marketing to like that kind of crowd we never cashed in on you know they wouldn't have jeff hardy doing a doing a video with tony hawk you know they wouldn't you know be allowed be allowing him to i mean i suppose tna let him let him have free reign and he started talking out of his own head yeah. uh, without moving his mouth so you'd probably need to like have some control a, of or <laughs> not the best not the best stuff to be fair but <laughs> they, they never really got got they just don't get it you know because you know it's ran by an old man much older than even we are. Uh, whereas mm. AEW, you know, let Darby Allen be Darby Allen, you know, for, for positive and negative. And, you know, you can see them getting the fruits of that. And John Silver's another one. Like, you know, Gareth, you know, you were one of the first people I know of who were, you know, we were raving about John Silver on this show, you know, talking about watching him on BTE and basically taught me into watching it, I think, at one point. And, uh, my thing with John Silver would have been, you know, as, as likable as he is on BTA, how do you make that translate to a wrestling product? But I think, again, I'm probably thinking in the WWE vein that he needs to go out there and cut a 20-minute opening promo and then do a main event-style match. No, he doesn't. Then you just need to do the types of skits that they do on BTE, and there are ways. I know the Joe Lanza of the world don't love it, and there are some people who don't love it, the quirky comedy stuff that he does. But like they've done that well, they they you know there's little segments with Hangman Page or like an interview in you know in their little club room, and mm. it gets over what those characters are without them having to cut a serious promo, and it's just a different way of presenting characters that I think a younger fan is going to gravitate towards, and you can see it in the demo for the match that there's a clear gravi- gravitation towards someone like that, and yeah, they're getting him right too. He doesn't have to be out there cutting twenty minute promos. He doesn't have to be like everyone else. He just needs to be like John Silver and. You know, early stages, but it looks like that's working as well. Like he's, as we've said a few times, when they get back to live shows, he's going to be one of the most over people in the room. I've got absolutely no doubt of that as well. And and in line with that, what you're saying there, it, it was a point that I made at the um, like hangout on Saturday is mm-hmm. it's just the pace of this show and the pace of AEW shows in general. Like you look mm-hmm. at how many segments were on this show and how many people were involved, and in so many instances, it's like a you know a thirty second backstage video promo then it like flicks mm-hmm. to like a one minute interview with somebody backstage then it's mm-hmm. a a quick squash match then it's something else and there's like when i'm watching it back there's so and, and especially when i'm like making notes to think about it for this show there's so many times where i think like oh i might just like pause it now and go and you know do something else and come back to it later but it's like you almost can't because like 
something happens and then it's so quick and it's like right on to the next thing and then it's oh well I'll just stay and see this and then it's oh and I'll just stay and see this and they kind of like hook you in with that fast-paced um, fast-paced side of things and I think again that just shows that understanding of the audience a bit more and understanding of the the, the world you know the world today and I think sort of like shorter attention spans and things that we get across you know YouTube and Snapchat and things like that that and and especially when you look at the prevalence within the the demographic the youngest demographic that Dynamite consistently perform well in it's 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 showing that you know they're they're open to listening you know even you know obviously that um the cinematic match with Derby and Sting like again, obviously Derby was obviously heavily hands-on, wasn't he, in the the direction of of that as well. And it's almost like putting that trust in the people who understand um, the audience and understand what somebody something needs to look and feel like, rather than feeling like they need to just one person needs to take that responsibility all on themselves and it all to appeal to the to the mind of that what that one individual and again that's something that that clearly works where you give somebody that bit of freedom where they know their character or they know their audience then if they are you know there's a ton of creative people there leave the creativity up to them you know and, and it's going to hit the mark more so than if it's um, if it's all been micromanaged and tried to be you know filtered filtered through one area and you know you are going to get misses you are going to get the odd thing there but where somebody is good and where somebody's catching fire a little bit and where it where it really is good then that's how it then grows and you know sort of like cultivates and that, that's when you're going to get these organic people who just suddenly just pop out of nowhere and just feel like bigger you know bigger stars and their personalities are going to jump through the screen and their characters are going to going to grow I, th- I think it's a it's a real positive mindset that they they have when it comes to that yeah and we're only into year two mm. and we've still got time and in some ways they're still I often want, I mean, if if AEW around in 10 years, we'll be looking at this is the time when they were experimenting with people and they saw what got over and they saw what clicked and they kind of went with it on these things. And when you're, when you're kind of living it in the week to week, it, it could probably seem quite weird on the face of it that you're headlining Darby Allen and John Silver and, it, and you just like lose anything to someone who doesn't follow AEW. But that's a reward for the people who follow it. Yeah. as well isn't it like you give them those main events and yeah. you don't shortchange them in actually going we know you care about these people so we're going to give you like in some ways that's your reward john silver not winning him not winning it is fine and, and there are obvious limits to kind of where people can go in terms of the big star main event although that's these days i'm kind of actually more inclined to say i don't really rule most people out possibly somehow if they just catch fire in a way that you know, you can't really foresee it happening. Mm. Like I think with, with John Silver, uh, you know, it, it's, and, and again, going up and down the card for this of, of lots of people where you're happy they're being given these chances. Like even, I know it's going to sound really bizarre. Even I've seen Butcher and Blade, like they kind of at least have some degree of meaning to me. Like I understand why most people are there. Mm. It's, like we said at the start, it's when a Christian cage turns up, that suddenly some feels a bit wrong because yeah. it kind of that ecosystem, which has kind of operated very organically where all these people are kind of interconnected various groups. And they don't all, and it's not all like we hate each other in traditional heel face dynamics. It's just kind of like a lot of the times it's kind of slightly shades of gray as in you work with these people. Mm. So they're not just inexplicably fighting people backstage all the time for shits and giggles so at least it kind of makes sense i think when you put a christian cage in there 
that's when things start to go slightly ski whiff of this person shouldn't be involved in this universe. It just doesn't yeah. seem correct. I think partly that is as well, like Christy and Big Show, that type of thing. You know, as Sean said in the chat, you know, I think mm-hmm. AW have a real good handle on who their fans are, what their fans want. You know, Mucky Garner's got his little spreadsheet and he knows, you know, which demo, who does well and what demos, which is a key to a Darby Allen, you know, getting getting big spots on shows. Mm-hmm. But then also they probably are thinking, you know, Yes, we kill in the you know in the key demo every year. You know we get the eighteen to forty nine, but what about that demo that WWB the one demo WWE beaters in the olds every week? You know they're, they're they're clearly you know playing some money ball with some mookie ball. Probably is probably the best way of putting it with that as well. <laughs> um, and trying to you know figure out you know how we pull, pull those people over too, which might explain some of the older has as well. And you know as Chris has said in the chat, the other thing is that yeah. They're willing to make mistakes too, and you know if that goes down to what you were saying before, Gareth, about giving talent the chance to, you know, fail or win, depending on you know how mm-hmm. things go, and get you know some things might not work out, and you know don't some things as you know you 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 know you're known to say, Gareth, you know there's perfection and imperfection, you know there's like that that extra bit of rope to hang yourself with, you know can can lead to some things that don't work out, but they can also lead to you know people getting over organically into success as well um so i think that's altogether kind of what aw do positively i think on a in a you know in a, in a, in a bigger picture sense even if maybe you know sometimes the individual parts don't uh, don't perfectly work either um, and i think one, one of the important things there is that, that chris said in that comment is mm-hmm. is adjust and yeah, like true. i think it's yeah. that and it's that you know, been been not scared to try, and then if it yeah it doesn't work, adjusting, thinking okay, it didn't work from this angle. What what angle can we make it work, or how can we pivot away from this and make it work in a different way? And you know, you know, it's that don't necessarily just giving up on something. You know, actually, uh, and just force feeding. You know, either sticking to with something because you want to try and force feed it down someone's throat you know not doing that but then also going okay well we're not just going to give up on it but how can we evolve it in some way and make it work in a in, in a different way and i think they've got different examples of that that working and, and i think you know in line with that whole listening to the audience thing one of the things that really jumped out to me on the show this week and it was quite it was quite jarring was that like um QT Marshall when he was doing his interview about um, not being Cody's friend, and oh, I've got a negative and I, don't how, yeah. I, I, I don't know how much the I don't know how much it was the wrestlers or, or but the, you, you just got that big audible like Cody's friend, Cody's friend coming from the crowd and like mm. and I was and like because we've been in this era of you know no fans or you know like non vocal fans and things suddenly to suddenly to hear a crowd just latch on to a little something there and start chanting to it. it it just really i don't know it really jumped out to me and it just made me think of like god how much of this like john silver stuff and things like that if he's just throwing a little you know two words as like the little catchphrase or something like that that they're just going to catch on with like wildfire mm. with the live audiences and and it, bring that life and energy and things like that to the program cowboy even shit. more so yeah, cowboy, yeah all cowboy that shit. stuff that's just gonna you know all that stuff you know that that's just you know probably at the time you know they were doing all that the hangman sucks stuff with the um with the dark order and stuff on bte that probably would have bled into the show and things like that and just little things like that where they, they they open the door to the crowd to get engaged because it's fun stuff that the crowd are invested in and they, they're going to mm-hmm. go along with then then again like it's it's one of those that's just going to make it jump through the screen a lot more than some bloody you know 
NXT in a darkened room with people chanting, this is awesome, you know, kind of thing. It's, it's going to create that different audio uh, experience as well as a visual one. I, I think as well, when it comes to the pay-per-views, you've now got, a, like, if you're talking about the last show did the most amount of buys that they had, if they're getting to a point where they've built up that mid-card, and I think, and again, something that we've not always been... Well, actually, I always argue that we've kind of seen that it's growing, but the women's division is really kind of it getting to a good place. It's mm-hmm. not in the place where ultimately you kind of want it to be, and I think that requires star power, and that's who's available and how you do it. Uh, but at the same time, because that mid-card means something, if you're trying to sell a pay-per-view, and you're relying on one or two matches normally to do it. Really, all it takes is that you're not enamoured by someone. But if you've got that mid-card that you actually kind of care about, and you're going, do you know what? I kind of like everyone who's appearing on this show, and I'm invested in all of the storylines. That's how they become that regular um, uh, pay-per-view buyer, don't they? And it's it's booking kind of 101. Totally. And it's nice to see it happen. And again, it's just nice to see a company that doesn't force-feed who you to that ridiculous degree who the people you should care about are and who the people you shouldn't care about are yeah exactly and you know what there's a bit of chat going on in our live chat now about you know what do we think about like you know the ratings going forward because I, I i you know while i can i can heap those positives on mm. i do think it's been a little bit of a negative the the overall trend the last few weeks uh we can say they're in a rebuilding period but you know i'd, I'd like to i just want to see them break that million barrier um do they break that million bar- barrier when nxt move in a couple of weeks i i honestly if you if you'd asked me a week ago i would have absolutely said yes but somebody, uh, well, I mean, it comes from the torches. So the torch, you collect these numbers, and they've been collecting the numbers for, for Dynamite and NXT for the past few weeks. Um, as in, not just the live number, which is, you know, just under 800,000 for, for, for AW this week, but, you know, the seven-day number. And the seven-day number for AW has stayed consistently at about a million or so. So on the one hand, I'm like, okay, that's cool, you know. Even though maybe the the overnight doesn't make it look great, there's still a million people watching AEW. I do wonder though, like, you know, we we, we just expect two hundred thousand people all of a sudden who've been watching NXT are gonna are gonna tune into AEW instead on a Wednesday when NXT moves off. I wonder because if the number only hits a maximum of a million anyway. Where are those extra people going to come from? Is it a mirage? Is it like the Monday Night Wars where, like, you know, the, there was always that that speculation, wasn't it? Was there really ten million people watching on a Monday Night, or was there six million people switching channels uh, and watching both? Um, it's it's hard to call, really, isn't it? Do you think they they break that one million ceiling when it comes to you know running unopposed on a Wednesday? I mean. You know, when I think about that, you know, I immediately think about the fact that yeah, you're the numbers guy. This, Give us the answer, guy. Yeah, I was going to say, tell us. Yeah, there's, there's this constant, but there's this constant base, isn't there, of NXT loyalists? And no matter how good AEW is or how bad NXT is, they've always got this consistent base there of, of an audience. And you know, I, I would expect that within those people, they would, you know, the ones who were going to have that crossover, mm. they were going to be watching AEW, you know. You know, on DVRs and things like that, a touch later, a touch later, anyway. Whereas, what we sometimes forget is that people, a lot of people, they don't want to be watching wrestling every single day of their lives. And if if the, if NXT is their thing and that's what they watch and is their like core weekly programming that they choose to watch, like if it's not on, on if it's not on on a Wednesday and it's on a Tuesday now. They're probably just going to switch their wrestling night from Wednesday to Tuesday, and then it's so okay. On a Tuesday, they would have watched 
whatever, whatever the latest, you know, whatever, whatever the latest consistent TV show is that they're going to watch, you know, if it's something that they're watching on demand on Netflix or something like that. Now they're just going to watch that on a Wednesday night while Dynamite's on and they'll watch their wrestling on a Tuesday night and people, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll just switch that, that across, you know, it's not as if suddenly it's going to be, people are going to be like, oh, good, great, they're on different nights and now we can just consume wrestling every night of the week. Most people don't want to do that. Most people are like picking one show or two shows that they that they want to watch a week and blending it in with the sports that they watch and the you know the TV shows that they watch and and things things like that. So I don't think it's a um, I don't think it's a definitive you know there's going to be that definitive jump. I mean, at the end of the day, they'll have done the analysis at AW, won't they? So they'll have the, you know they'll have their expectations of what those those figures are but mm. i mean personally i'd be surprised if you know you see a bump of more than like 100 150 150 k as a result that sounds a lot yeah mm. i'm thinking it like the 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 live audience in the us may not get to over a million but at the same time i think it's you know it will do possibly with the dvr numbers i think this way they have a much better idea of where they are realistically Mm. without somebody putting in competition where, let's be honest, there was no reason for them to do it other than trying to kill them before they started. But not having that kind of competition on a Wednesday, at least when it comes to, you know, um, when you're playing Mookie Ball, for example, you can do it having a much better idea of where you are. Have you trademarked that, by the way? That's brilliant. Oh, no, I've stolen that from someone. I think it might be Rovert on Twitter, oh. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay, it's, it's, <laughs> it's superb. But, like, it, it's one of the things where, like, you, you'll have a much better idea of the kind of real numbers that you're dealing with at this point, rather than, well, what if we didn't have NXT there? It's like, well, you don't now. Mm-hmm. And what what will that have been? How many people did they permanently, WWE kind of stop them from? If you remember that first night was 1.6 million, which, you know, how much of that are people who would ever kind of come back to it? So you kind of imagine- Probably the ceiling, the isn't abs- it? That's the absolute, that's, that's the ceiling, that's, opening night buzz where people who would never have checked out wrestling wouldn't have done it it's, it's the ceiling for raw a lot of weeks <laughs> it's how many people are left i think two million i, I just think tops, when it, it? i just think when it comes to the ratings for this stuff what they what they do and what they do very well is is effectively now they know that there's this three quarters of a million base hmm. of whom they convert a hundred thousand of those a hundred and 10,000 of those to pay-per-view boys, which is a hell of a conversion, right? Better than our Patreon. And, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> Same ballpark, though. <laughs> keeps me in fucking Congo t-shirts, mate. What can I say? Um, but at the same, yeah. It, it, so you like you you have this, this feeling of, I think, where TNT are happy with those numbers and it's stuff to grow with and that this is a long, long game. Mm. Like, you know... We've been saying, like, you know, a couple of years into it, we're getting a real idea of what the numbers are. What we don't see is kind of things like precipitous falls. Mm. And if you think at this point, you know, Darby Allen, John Silver would have drawn the same as some of the kind of much bigger main events that they were putting into that slot sort of like six months ago mm. or a year ago, certainly. And I think that's a good, really good sign. Yeah. That, like, you're you're able to get through weeks of TV where you're really concentrating, like this week was, like in terms of notes, I don't really have, like in terms of other stuff, a lot of storylines kind of incrementally moved on, which is absolutely fine. And a week of this is just like a kind of, it'd be like watching a random episode of like The Walking Dead, I don't know, from like season three, halfway through. It's an episode that just follows two relatively minor characters. And you could give it a miss in the scheme of things. 
But do you know what? If you kind of follow it, you're a little bit rewarded for knowing those couple of characters a little bit better. And the ratings it's doing are roughly around the same as a lot of the kind of bigger shows that are doing uh, that they're doing anyway. So it's yeah, yeah. And- these are things that are generally positive, considering that it's very you know they could have died at this point quite easily as a company. Yeah, and you know they're exceeding you know expectations the network had on them. You know the network, you know, I think- giving them a reality show, mate. Yeah, I think room, well, I'm rumors. Intrigued, I won't lie. <laughs> Me too. Oh, yeah, we could talk about that because yeah, I think you know, rumors are you know TNT probably yeah you know they were probably going to be happy with a five hundred thousand or so you know as as Sean's put in the chat there. I think that is the, the you know the ballpark number and the we're still exceeding that. And you're right, yeah, that's a good point. You know, they're, they're giving Cody this bloody reality show. You know, we've got to talk about Cody by the way. I've got some thoughts on Cody nice. this week. Yeah. I, I love him, but also Cody, fucking hell. <laughs> but like. You know, the, the fact that they're even doing that, you know, says everything. Um, whether it'll make Cody and Brandy any more loved or hated is another question. On, on the numbers, though, like it's something that I always, you know, with that half a million figure, okay, that was the that was the figure that they said when it was, what, two years ago. And, they, you know, I don't think, it's not like TNT is sticking, you know, that, that's not some line in the sand kind of thing now that, you, you know, has obviously been, you know, you know, it's we're okay forever kind of thing, you know, when mm-hmm. obviously expectations change and things yeah. change and they've signed new deals since then and things like that. I think one of the things I'm really interested in to see is the impact on NXT because I have this sneaking suspicion that NXT's figures might actually get more of a percentage increase than AEW's numbers have as a percentage increase oh. because of the shift to Tuesday. I'm quite curious because, again, knowing that WWE will have definitely done the analysis on this as well. But I just think with AEW, with their hardcore fan base, and there does seem to a more hardcore wrestling fan base, and there does seem to be a shift in NXT a little bit more back towards some of you know when you look at some of their main events of late, there has been a bit more of a wrestling focus to 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 some of those. Potentially, what you might see is um, where there's more AEW fans who are hardcore wrestling fans, they might just be more inclined to just throw NXT on on a Tuesday night just to to watch a bit more wrestling. Uh, as 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 well um because they they don't have, have that clash commitment and if you know if it is something like it's a Roderick Strong against Adam Cole or something like that then you know to a hardcore wrestling fan who's been grounded in the indies mm. that's you know something that's you know likely to have an element of appeal more so than some died in the wall WWE fan who's watching NXT and they're not going to suddenly want to jump and watch Darby Allen against John Silver or watch you know even some of the, the higher profile Indian names as well so sure. I'm just uh, I'm, I'm quite curious on on, on on that one really because you know I think I think NXT might surprise people with the bump they get from the move That'll be interesting to watch, yeah. Whether yeah, the Tuesday Wednesday war, you know, we'll keep track of the numbers, obviously, because it's interesting. But yeah, whether actually, <laughs> imagine that NXT jumps up to like eight hundred thousand or something like that. You know, it's no, maybe not that, but it, it's yeah. I'd not really thought about it in those terms. It's certainly possible, and as Liam has said there, you know. The, the thing about the you know what gets forgotten in this conversation is the reason NXT is moving you know <laughs> the, the fact that there's going to be other things going on um, on USA Network and not only that but you know MLB season starting um, which is part of that and NBA getting to the business end of the season as well on a Wednesday so yeah they probably may not expect a big jump whereas NXT yeah, might be the ones that actually benefit from this all yeah 
yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise it wouldn't surprise me one bit. You know, it's, it's kind of one of them. It's the it'll be the fucking typical WWE sting in the tail, won't it? <laughs> the tail the ones that come out, they'll come out smelling the roses at the back end of it, and we'll all be sat there wondering how oh, the fucking hell have they managed this? <laughs> Definitely. Well, like I said, we're not probably going to spend a, a huge amount of time on you know the, the weeds of the show itself. Although you know there was some good stuff on there. You know, even if the it wasn't like headline stories, we mentioned Cody a couple of times there, so I've got to mention him. Um, one, I don't think we're the target audience for that reality show but you know again good sign tnt are into it and also it probably will bring in you know like total divas did for wwe it brings in a different you know audience you know how many you know yeah. you know i know a couple of like i've known a couple of like women in my life who went weren't wrestling fans whatsoever but total divas was something they watch um it's a different yeah. audience than your standard wrestling fans so they'll be trying to make themselves you know stars through that um so that's definitely a positive Cody's angle on the show this week, though, <laughs> I, was, I don't know. It was good angle. It was, you know. I, I, I don't. I, similar to what we were saying earlier about, like, you know, you're rewarded for paying attention for AEW. Like, I, I saw some complaints of, like, you know, have we done the legwork with Cody and QT on TV? Well, I don't know. I feel like everyone knows that. That well, the hard. I shouldn't say everyone. The hardcore AEW fans know that they're that they're close, and you know, not everyone is watching everything but you know if you if you did watch any of like the early aw build-up videos and such you know there was a lot of cutie marshall all over them they're both nightmare family it's not a hard story to tell but only criticism really it's not even that stuff you know i can i can live with that it's like can cody just pick a feud and settle for a bit like i i, I part of me kind of enjoys him being like this egotist who goes around having like 27 feuds at a time does whatever he wants and, and exists in Cody land and doesn't really exist with the rest of the promotion but there's going to come a point I don't think we're there yet but there's going to come a point where we're going to have a conversation like are people better off when they feud with Cody because like again there isn't a fully formed argument there yet but you know you look at like he just just you know the pentagon i feel like that pentagon feud could have gone on a lot longer instead he's back in six mans as much as i enjoyed that six man you know jay cargill was in that feud with him and then you know the next week she was in the crowd clapping for cody then the week after that she's teaming with vicky guerrero and then the week after that she's back doing squashes again and i think we're maybe back on track with where she should be but she kind of floated a little bit i mean the best example is my favorite wrestler sean spears who definitely didn't benefit from his mini feud with cody which you really think he would have benefited from i'm not saying the fully formed argument is there yet but damage i think i think damage can be done if cody just doesn't yeah there's just something weird about like it's almost like it's that cohesion in aw where cody's in charge of his own stuff so it's just whatever idea cody has that week tends to happen you know you're supposed to be he got involved in the sting and darby allen stuff earlier on remember that and then he just walked away from it like this this adhd booking of cody i'm not saying i don't enjoy it but i don't know if it's i think there's gonna go point where it, it might it, it might well be a negative for the product i don't know how you feel on that Gareth. Yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, it was in the in my like negative column for the for this week here on my notes was was definitely the the Cody stuff, and it was the this whole like, well, what did that Penta thing mean then? It, that that it, this all just feels a bit odd that you mm. know, had this situation where Phoenix looked very much like a you know a top sort of like you know mid-card, upper mid-card babyface, I think, in the last few weeks, the way he's been presented and things. You had yep. Penta, who was, was very heelish in the way that he went after Cody at the end of uh, at, at the end of that segment, and then ultimately they went on and 
you know, quickly had a match and quickly lost and suddenly, yeah, one week later, that's all gone and now, yeah, Penta's back there with Phoenix in that in that six-man tag and it all just felt a bit thrown away and I was kind of left thinking, well, hang about, like, <laughs> where's, like, where does this all tie together? And I, I was thinking, mm-hmm. is this just, I don't know, they're just trying to, I don't know, they're trying to just create some, you know, if they're recording two shows in a in a go, just create some quick sort of in and done things for Cody just to tide him over till he can't sort of appear anymore. <laughs> you know, just just to sort of plug the gap until Brandy has the baby and whatever, and then yeah. there's commitment to other TV stuff. And 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 if that's the case, then then I really don't like that. And that's that's something because, like you say, it's doing damage to other people if you're you're just getting thrown into the mix with Cody and you can't have him lose, and you're not necessarily getting some positive rub as a result of you know working with him then you know for me it should have just been like yeah injury angle and he's off tv for a bit and you know maybe freshen him up that way because yeah i certainly don't see the um i don't see the value or benefit in mm-hmm. just flopping him from feud to feud to feud kind of thing and obviously now it's now it's the it's the qt one and that felt like something that um obviously I mean, you talked there, Benno, about like, oh, is it something that's been done online? I, I feel there's been enough seeds there on TV with, you know, things like there was the Lee Johnson where he didn't mention QT and he had, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. He had the he had the face on in the background and then he walked away from that tag the other week and then he's been presented as been in Cody's Corner at events going back to even back when we had crowds sure. and things. So I feel like that relationship has been established, but then is this now going to be something that's a quick throwaway thing? Because actually this feels like it could have been something that maybe even had a bit more slow burn to it and maybe be be, yeah. be a little more in-depth in as, as, you know, as much as I um, don't want to see too much QT Marshall on my, on my TV, you know, when it comes to a storyline standpoint, at least putting that depth in place is is, yeah. is, is, is something that you, that you that you want to see. So so with this one, I mean, you know, this could easily just end up being another throwaway one and then you're thinking, like, Come on, where's the yeah. where's the where's the long term planning and thought here about um, about where you're taking these guys? Uh, it just feels like whatever Cody fancies to do when he turns up to Dynamite to me, like because I would say like to that yeah. to, you you are right. To be fair, you know the the QT relationship has been played up on TV, but to be honest, the QT story the last few weeks did 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 you guys expect Cody to get involved? I thought it was leading to QT versus one of his students or QT versus du- it. It does feel JP Lee like jo- like Cody Lee just turned Johnson's up to the one that makes like, sense. I'll do that. Yeah, put me in that. Go on. Well, even even the Nightmare Family to a point, JP like Cody. I reckon I had this idea of let's put a stable together, but there's no real cohesion to that either. It's just a bunch of dudes, and yeah, I, just, I don't know. Yeah. I, maybe I'm reading too much into Cody's personality. I'm trying to psychologically evaluate him, but it just feels like he's got no attention span. Yeah, I, I think yeah, the, there's a case of really there's sort of too much going on, isn't there, mm. with it? Because he's only just, I mean, they've had that thing. It's the Go Big Show or stuff like that. He's also been on at the same time on TNT, so he's kind of been heavily all over that. Mm. I wouldn't be, I'd be an advocate of him kind of not saying disappear for a bit, but kind of go off and do the other stuff for another sort of three, four months. My whole thing with the QT Marshall stuff is it's QT Marshall. Like ultimately, what what are you going to gain from this, really? And that's not to say I haven't enjoyed him, mm. but like I, you know, him and J- Dustin Rose, I can remember very early on him being involved in a kind of fun six man tag. But that's the kind of role. Mm. If this was leading to him and Lee Johnson having a series of like a, a kind of feud on Dark, I'd be kind of down with this because that works very well. But Cody, 
Like that's the thing. I was, what was, why is he involved? This just re- that was the thing from it, and I think there was so much to go in the in the kind of Pentagon stuff as well. And his character feels somewhat confused as a result, doesn't mm. it? Because he's with mm. his brother, who's a face, mm. and Loretta Kidder, who are faces. You know, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like those. It, it, it's very. It just feels very confused again. around him. Yeah, Jade Cargill again. Uh, it was like you know once she once she once she escaped Cody's orbit, it was like no one else took ownership of her for a few weeks. You know, she was just doing random shit until someone like well, fuck. What are we we got to do something with Jade now that Cody's not interested anymore? Um, yeah, I just thought and you mentioned Pentagon there. I mean, I again, I, I think we're probably going to agree best matches on on Dynamite was that was that six man um, and you know Kenny and Matt Seidel that kicked off as well. Um, it's not that I didn't enjoy you know Pentagon and that six man. It was yeah, it was just a bit odd that he'd been. Lump back with Laredo Kid and, and well Laredo Kid, you know, replacing Pac um, and Ray Phoenix uh, to take on the young bucks and Brandon Cutler. Just he feels a bit like oh, I thought we were on the cusp of like a proper Penta singles run, and now he's back with his brother again um, and being babyface again. <laughs> like it just that's the little that maybe that's the negative to what you were saying before, Gareth, about you know letting letting the wrestlers you know you give that little bit of leeway and sometimes you know things don't work out well and sometimes they don't um maybe you lose a little bit of a big picture attention to detail sometimes um because of that too um but i mean yeah we it's should inter- it's, it, it, it's, it's interesting though thinking about that because just as i had more time to just think about it there if cody's obviously he had the belt didn't he in 2020 and the mm. tv title and it was very much that open challenge and he was facing somebody different every week and there were people that did kind of get the you know where they were put in the ring with him you know he had like matches Eddie. with you know darby allen and you know um yeah, orange cassidy and things like that as well mm. there was people who whatever they ran him close and things like that with the with the belt and and that almost they were able to do that, that he could just be in there with somebody different. It was almost like it was all about the belt. It was it was like Cody and the belt. And then the person he was with was almost, you know, to the to the largest degree was a bit more inconsequential. It was just somebody getting a different go with him. And now since he's lost the belt, then the focus of the belt's gone. And then yeah. the, it, it, they're almost still trying to do this thing of pairing different people with him. But it's, again, not, not almost understanding that there needs to be that tie-in to the to the reasons why it's happening beneath it so mm. yeah i think it's uh it's it, it's it's definitely um it's definitely something because i mean i've just been looking back and just reading over like the match list here and stuff and then you think like actually you know this year he hasn't really you know it's it's three months of the year but it really he's had the you know he's had the that short penta thing there for a fortnight he's had the shack jade cargo thing but he hasn't really had anything of any no you know any meat or consequence behind that either really so he, he has almost been in the background a little bit too so uh, as, again maybe it's just a blip and maybe it's just something that's just jumping out for a you know a, a couple of weeks because it just you know probably that pen just makes it feel a bit more a bit more odd and maybe this you know next qt you know direction is something that is going to develop and it'll bring in lee johnson and it'll bring in dustin and things like that and it'll be a way of sort of weaving this all to all all, all, to, all together but yeah if not you kind of be looking at things and thinking yeah come on where do we go from here definitely definitely um i mean any thoughts on on that six man we mentioned the, the pentagon match a couple of times um i i went 
3.75, I think, on Grapple. Could have gone four. Fun, fun six-man tag match of the show, I think. I think that is, you can probably talk about that in the, the Kenny Matt Seidel and the post-match to this as kind of a, a job law. Um, I do feel like, to be fair, that the six-man, you know, Brandon Cutler's in there to take the fall, and of course, he did take the fall. Um, you know, he, he definitely stuck out like a sore thumb in the match graphic, but we all we all knew while he was there. And to be, you know, I'm quite hard on Brandon Cutler. I'll give him a week off. Um, you know, he did, he did look... Well, he did look out of place, but not hugely Fired out of place. He was, the, he was your day one firing in your TW he's, he's my day whatever it is now firing too. I still don't think he's... You hired Cornette um, but... and you fired Brandon <laughs> <Did> Cutler. <laughs> day one. Shit. <laughs> the Bucks were fucking steaming. Oh, yeah, yeah. They never <laughs> let me let me live that down, did they? Uh, maybe that's what, uh, what Big Tone's problems been as well. Um, bless yeah, you know. bless him. He looked, he looked delighted when he took that dragon mask off and he stood there on the ramp with the Bucks. I was like... Fucking Ned, like, like, says me, he fed boys. Um, but <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons, Ned, I, I wouldn't get into them all, but any of that type of stuff. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, but I'll, I'll, I'll let him have a week off. You know, he, he picked his spots and he wasn't, he was there to take the fall. And it, it was, it was a, it was a very fun TV match with what I thought was a, you know, really, really good angle afterwards as well. Um, and, and more development in this, uh, this Kenny and Young Bucks feud. Yeah. Uh, and it's it, it, it's an interesting one because you're wondering ultimately. I mean, you've got the Bucks, Good Brothers, at some point. I mean, it's is this building up to double or nothing? Mm-hmm. Which, when you think about it, could have a series of again really good. Depending on what they go with, like you, you've got, you've got some potentially really great stuff that you can run into sort of a lot of the summer with as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just how they do it in that kind of cohesive way. Because at times I wonder about the merging of the storylines when it comes with Kenny and the Bucks going on at the same time as Kenny and Moxley, or if it's all part of the same general Kenny Omega and Don Callis kind of do stuff. It's where I am with the Kenny Omega stuff generally is actually much more what happens once he wins the impact title. Like what goes on at that point? And that's something that somebody mentioned in the, uh, in the comments earlier on is like impacts moving to Thursdays. Mm. So it's going to be getting the immediate follow on you'd imagine from this. Mm. One thing I also noticed as well, they were talking about the one winged angel and the only per there's only one person ever kicked out of that without mentioning him by name and the rest of it. They're still, that for me is I don't want them to lose focus on the belt collector storyline. Hey, Kenny dropped clearly- a Ibushi line on impact as well, didn't he? We literally said yeah. the name Kota Ibushi. Yeah. So it, it just makes you think like it, it, it's one of those things where that's the most interesting storyline of all, because mm-hmm. that's the one that goes completely cross promotional and gets you kind of wildest wrestling fantasy booking, EFED booking mm-hmm. stuff into consideration. I mean, I, I would have thought you'd have loved this back in the day, the potential of this kind of storyline, Benno, doing a belt collector in the, in your EFED. Christ, this would be, it's the fucking dream, isn't it? I mean, it is, but I wouldn't have had a shit nerd uh, doing it, but carry on. Um, <laughs> he's not shit, he's just a nerd. Again, I can't call anyone a nerd this podcast. I, I, even, even Kenny, I can't bury Kenny today for his uh, for, for his, some of his bad instincts. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I know you're right, and yeah, that is, it's a good story, it is, and it, it's, it's multifaceted. Like, there are the bits of it I don't love. Like, I don't love the idea that the young bucks have lost a step they're the AEW Tag Team Champions. How have they lost the step? doesn't make any sense. It, it, it's almost like that's forced into the storyline because it makes part of a, of a good story, but it doesn't actually logistically stand up. 
but all of the stuff with like yeah you know their friendship falling apart and kenny almost being justified and you know that's another thing for brandon cutler i'll get again i'm not even i'm not i'm not shooting uh, my favorite uh, my favorite boys today i'm not gonna have a go at brandon cutler being in the match at, for, for the other reason of it was a good storyline you know reason wasn't it that that then yeah obviously we would all rather see kenny in the match and obviously kenny you know kicked up a stink about the fact that he wasn't in the match i do like that you know that element of you know extra layer of storytelling in there so even that worked for me as well so you know it was a it was a good bit of business altogether yeah, yeah i mean with the, sorry yeah, I mean, with the, with this one, I just yeah, I've got to be honest. I think I probably, um, I think I probably just enjoyed the angle more so than than the match. Like I, I gave the match like three and a half. It was, <laughs> it was to, to to me, it was like yeah, it was a it was a solid, decent enough match, but it was nothing certainly nothing blow away for for me. But you know, I think I just I, I just liked the, you know, I like I like the still like this direction of the girl with Kenny and you know mm. I think that while the books thing is a little bit confused um to all oh, the faces to, to are the degree, heels as Ivan says yeah there's, 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 yeah exactly there's there's that side of things where that seems to flip and flop a, a little bit from from one week to the next but I quite like that element of sort of tension that's born in there and then obviously you've got you know you can't ignore the hangman stuff that's going on in the background there and you think like if that's you know ultimately longer term you'd expect probably that as the books move away from kenny hangman's going to become closer to them again and then you've got you know you know you've got the that sort of readjustment of the parts at the top end and you know that could be part of the long-term thinking towards you know hangman getting to getting towards the the top of the card i I think the belt collector thing's like interesting because that was something that like it didn't get mentioned for weeks and i thought that was maybe something that they decided to like move away from and then you know i think it was literally something like three or four weeks where i never heard the words belt collection belt belt collector mentioned at all and i thought like oh maybe they've in a different way but then then it did get did get referenced again like are we just taking this as fact that he's winning the impact title? Um, is that is is this? Can't see that. And he's, he's been billed as like a fighting champion, Rich. Unless Swan. they take the person into draw or something. Well, I was thinking how many in the past, you know, his cans obviously is so heavily steeped in the past and Cody Rhodes and things like that in the way that they book. How many champion versus champion stuff when the NWA champion rolled into town and took on somebody, did it end in a time limit draw or it ended in a, like a double disqualification or a double count out or something like that? Like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm, I, I'm trying to think of this on a more long, you know, the, where the numbers haven't suggested as as time's gone on that there's been any you know real reason for this impact relationship to to extend i'm I'm not sure if it's maybe just something that's just been a sort of short term mm. element you know way of way of working this story getting a little bit of eyes on on impact but i don't i, I don't know i'm i don't know if i'm a hundred percent sold on this idea that this is going to continue and we're going to see kenny rolling about with the the impact world title as well as well as the other i don't know you can all laugh at me in a couple of weeks no, time. I, I see your point i think more though it's just the fact that kenny's got i think the impact belts will be the lesser part of that story it's just he's got a lot of belts i think that's that's probably yeah you know more the point you know triple a mega champion because the thing is the mark in me you'll laugh at me the mark in me thing so we mentioned Kota Ibushi on Impact therefore you know we might be onto that at some point where he was probably just dropping a line to, to amuse himself more than anything um, I can see your point though 
because then ultimately he's got to drop it to someone, hasn't he? That's and true. Then it's easier, yeah. uh, what's he doing? Yeah. It's, it's, it's easier to, it's, and, and then if he abandons it, then what does that mean for Callis and things yeah, like that? With the, true. You know, and like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. Hundred percent sold on the idea that he's definitely uh, definitely in this belt. I could almost maybe Fair see point. something like, you know, the books cost him it or something like that, and mm. or, or or whatever. You know, that some things worked into it that, or Moxley cost him it or whatever. You know, from a short term, you know, Eddie Kingston, maybe you know, maybe yeah, I don't know. Put the bet, put the impact belt on Eddie Kingston. There you go, get, get him working, uh, get him work both shows. But I just think that there's maybe there's an extra possible layer or nuance to this than it just been like oh Kenny's just picking up the the impact belt. There. Mm. Um any thoughts on anything else or, or that uh, uh, at all JP? Um Britt Baker got a money promo on the show shouldn't uh, shouldn't move on without she's mentioning fucking that. great. Yeah she's fucking great and and she is a star and the work is as like it's that positive incline isn't it? It's where you just see her getting better and better and better. Um, it's who you're going to have as a kind of ultimate kind of ne- really they found her ultimate nemesis in Thunder Rosa, mm-hmm. haven't they? Like mm-hmm. that's that's what they found. They found a feud that they can go back to again and again. But the way she cut that promo, which completely stays in character, would have been so tempting to kind of you know get baby face reactions and the rest of it. But nah, she, just fucking glorious. I think she's, she's absolutely. In a little edge, taking digs at McFoley and wearing a plaid shirt around it, around her, yeah. uh, around the waist. I appreciate yeah. that little uh, that little detail as well. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I must admit, a shiver went down my spine there when I heard the words McFoley. I just thought, oh, <laughs> Mate, you didn't see I was thinking, if, if Foley gets wheeled into it now, we really are getting into the fucking TNA oh. realms, aren't we? If, if suddenly, uh, suddenly. You know, Foley's brought in for some particular reason on the back of this. Like, that's please, TNA all over, yeah. Keep 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 Foley away. Like, mm. that's, from the women mainly, don't want but Bray W too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> listeners to Grafton Class will know where that joke comes from. Anywho. Yeah, <laughs> uh, anything else on Dynamite, lads? Or should we, uh, should we move on? Let's yeah, get stuck in the Ring of Honor. Old that's school, Benno. Let's do it. Well, I've plenty more to say about podcasting, mate. Use for that sentence. Let's get stuck in the Ring of Honor. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not my Ring of Honor, but it's it's a Ring of Honor. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is the uh, the next thing on the on the docket to uh, short docket this week. But the docket to talk about. But yeah, I mean, to be fair to them, JP, they did appeal to the uh, the ROH mark. I mean, in that in that they put a, a five hour video um, on YouTube of of the best matches in in Ring of Honor history. Great video, genuinely well put together list like I, honestly that might be something to do at some point if we did like a you know some kind of mixtape on roh we could literally just watch the first half of that video and watch like the 2002 to 2008 period or whatever it is and a match a year um get get gareth on as i've been wanting to do that gareth get, sit you under the uh, the roh learning tree and force you mm-hmm. uh, into the ways of being an roh bot um as it wasn't your thing back on the day are you saying that they've put full ma- five hours worth of full matches on is yeah. that right? Yeah, from the 19 year history. Something to that. We could maybe yeah. do something with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> They've given us it on a plate there, haven't they? I think so. I think yeah. so. There you go. That might be the intro to me shoehorning some ROH into uh, into uh, in, into our Patreon. Yeah, they got every, like, like I say, every year they put the basically like one of the Joe Punk matches is in there. You know, they use the Era of Honor begins uh, three way, the famous ROH video, the first match. If you want to crash course in Ring of Honor, 
like and it's like uh, like Chris has said, it's one one match for each year. That might be the place to go. Um, so it's yeah. funny. It's funny because I was listening to you on um, I was I was listening to your Graps and Claps audio show to, mm. today with Andy and Jeff and Chris, and you know, obviously you were talking about the wrestling channel uh, quite a bit on that. And I was thinking about how like 2005. That's when I. Having like gone traveling and stuff, 2005 was the year that I heavily got back into wrestling, and um, the wrestling channel was like a big part of that. But um, mm. unfortunately, I was very similar to JP, and I uh, hung my hat on the TNA uh, TNA branch of that uh, that tree rather than the ROH one. I don't know if it was like a production value thing or something like that. But um, yeah, mm, for some yeah. for some reason, I, for some reason, I went down the TNA um, we TNA road. W back. That's why. I think. Do you think that's what it was? I think. Oh, I think it was. Wasn't T- it? And, TNA was never anything more than a WCW support group for many years. That's what it was for people who hadn't gotten over the collapse of WCW. It was just like, there's this, it's different. We promise it isn't that. See, I was, yeah, yeah I, 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 I just got more hardcore. That was kind of my, my, my route. Um, I've got to say, by the way, that, uh, that Liam has rightly said in the chat, the video is nine hours, not five. So I might be conning just a bit here, lads, but you know, first couple of hours, I'm looking at it now. Yeah. This is the bash list and Danielson, Loki, Christopher Daniels from the first show. Um, very famous match. Paul under AJ Styles. i wrestling last couple of weeks. So, yeah, <laughs> next couple of weeks. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nothing else to do. Samoa Joe, CM Punk 3. Joe Kobashi, which is a match I would love to talk about with you lads. I was there. Have I ever mentioned it? Uh, Brian Danielson, Nigel Beginners. I was there too. I have mentioned that one. Uh, Briscoes versus Steven Generico. <laughs> Danielson, Morris. he says it, he almost was adds, and you can stick your royal quest up your arse. <laughs> I was like, Joe versus Kabashi. And as Ewan said, like the, the the first five hours only, only I mean, that's that's literally the first three hours up to 2008, so we could probably still do it. Um, but yeah, it is say, it's the cream it's, of the crop. Even if it's nine. Even if it's nine hours, that's just like listening to one episode of Graps and Claps Audio anyway. So there you go. It's just a- <laughs> one of these added on our. Or one of our happy hours when Will comes on. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, there's, there's mileage in that. But you, you say that about like the history as well. Like the thing is, as you know, you've been saying that it is only those first hours that matter because Ring of Honor is like, it's both, it's, it's positive and it's negative is that it's got that wealth of history and they do almost feel a little bit tied to it sometimes. Like they've tried to like, you know, become something else, you know, 2002 to 2006, seven into eight, you know, the, the, the Gabe Sapolsky is ring of honor was the hardcore fans promotion. It was King of the Indies, like literally built out of a King of the Indies tournament. It was, it was the work rate promotion. It was what ECW probably would have become. You know, Paul Heyman's gone on record as saying that before. It might just be Paul Heyman bluster. But, you know, the, the tastes of, of smart fans weren't so much about, you know, the hardcore matches at that point in time. It was about, you know, work rate. And Ring of Honor was the company that, you know, gave Gabe Sapolsky and, you know, horrible name to mention now, but, you know, Rob Feinstein, you know, with the Doug Gentry put together because they, you know, RF Video were selling tapes of ECW. And then all of a sudden ECW goes bankrupt and they can't sell ECW tapes anymore. So the conversation goes, well, what can we do to replace that? I know. We've just been to this King of Indies tournament that had all these like stars of the day, you know, your Doug Williams, your Loki, your Christopher Daniels, your Brian Danielsons. What if there was a promotion that existed like that where it wasn't just, you know, there's, there's Brit Res mirrors in it too. You know, if there wasn't just, you know, everyone in their own pocket of the United States running for their local indies, what if... There was a super indie where all of the best wrestlers in the country would come together and, you know, have work rate 
style matches that would appeal to the types of people that would be on the RF video mailing list. Like that's kind of the the nugget of of, of what ROH came from and why it was so successful in those early years because it was giving hardcore fans like me like pure unadulterated work rate for, for, for better or worse and i say that you know in the knowledge that they do open the first show with an angle where a gay tag team get beaten up by monster mac um <laughs> and <laughs> the old christmas street connection yeah christmas street connection yeah. get beaten up and it's it's a very ecw angle it has no place um in wrestling in 2002 never mind it's 2021 and you know not all of it was uh what you'd expect from an honorable promotion but you know the brandon was what it was they had the code of honor and it was you know really built around you know that you know that that kind of appeal into that smart fan um that's what we that's what you know we wanted out of it as hardcore fans back then and that's what ring of honor gave us and you can see the influence that had on the wrestling world you know the the wrestlers who were big you know, in, in that period, your Samoa Joes, your CM Punk's, your Brian Daniels and your AJ Styles, you know, even down to, you know, your Christopher Daniels and the like, they're all wrestlers who had huge, you know, some of them more than others, but huge impact on both the style of American wrestling and, you know, all of the big names that are going to go on are pretty much, with some exceptions, made it to the top level of wrestling as well. It tells you, like, what a, you know, these are all independent wrestlers not signed by anybody somehow, you know, in those years when mm-hmm. when Vince McMahon was leaning on Johnny Ace like he is today, you know, and, and, and hiring underwear models, you know, we, we were we were able as Ring of Honor fans to see the best wrestlers in the world because they just happened to be too short or, you know, there was Samoa Joe who didn't have the body type or there was CM Punk who they didn't really understand, you know, the, it was able to exist in a in a time and place uh, f- for that reason. But the thing is, like, that is so well regarded as an era in time. It's so hard to continue to be that promotion in 2020 if you're Ring of Honor because they are, like, the the we all regard that history so well and things drop off after Gabe leaves. And we had a couple of weird Jim Cornette years where he tried to bring in the headbangers and, you know, bring in a load of OBW guys and it became a very different company. And then Sinclair bought it and it became a corporation rather than, you know, this indie. And really for a lot of those years, you know, the, the 2010s, it became a promotion that was, you know, ring of honor in name, but it wasn't really ring of honor. Um, and I think there has been a push these last couple of years to maybe celebrate that history a little bit more. Again, name you don't really like to mention, but you know, I think Marty Scale was probably, you know, a big part of that is 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 being like a you know a Ring of Honor fan from back in the day. I think he was pushing for that before he was rightfully uh, let go from his job. But they've continued down that line, you know, little things like bringing the pure title back, you know, on the on the wish of a Jonathan Gresham and leaning into that history, but the problem is when you've got the weight of that history and you know like on this pay-per-view you intro with a with a video showing you know all these great ROH moments that all seem to happen between 2000 and 2008 uh you're reminded that this ring of honor promotion you know 12 13 years later isn't quite the same thing and the issue actually is really with ring of honor is what even is it you know, in 2021, what niche does it serve? Mm. What 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 master does it serve? We've got AEW for the hardcore fans. We've got, you know, New Japan if you want your work, right? Um, you know, if you're a WWE fan and you want to watch fucking Bray Wyatt and knock, knock around with a girl who looks like she's eight, you've got that too. Um, what niche does, does Ring of Honor fill? Um, and yeah, I'd be interested like to, to hear your guys' thoughts on that. And, and, and yeah, we're, we're I mean, I'm guessing, Gareth, this is the, one of the first ROH shows you've watched in a, in a good while, certainly. Um, 
you know, if at all. Uh, I was saying to JP, I think the, the last one was the, uh, what, what was the show? What was the show last year where it was, uh, where EC3 and Moose had that cinematic match? I think that was the last bit of um, <laughs> ROH that I, I, I watched. See, for, you know, for like for back in the day, Brian Danielson, Nigel McGuinness, <laughs> Samoa Joe, Kenta Gabashi, well, uh, Moose. I, I was, <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say you're. Uh, you're. Um, you. Um, Is that not impact, Gareth? Was it impact? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm mixing it up. Yeah, so I'm mixing it up. Sorry, that, that came. But that attention. says everything that you will. You know. But, but, it, but it's because I've got. Um, because as we were talking there, I've, what I've got on the brain here is that you're going through all that history and you're going yeah. all through that depth of um, greatness and things like that, and and it all culminated in Matt Taven and Vincent having a fight in a youth club. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, and, and, and basically that's where it. That's where it fucking, you know, it, it, it leads to, you know, it leads yeah. to today. You've got all this, you know, CM Punk and Samojo and Danielson and all this. And that's, mm. that's the, uh, that, that, that's the place that it, it serves in the world today. And I think it was almost like I was saying to JP before we, before we started the show today. I think now when I'm watching something that's different to what's sort of on my normal list of things that I'd be I'd be watching. Um <laughs> what I'd be watching. Sorry, I'm just reading the comments about people like, yeah, yeah, yes, I know I, I remember now it was impact, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that battle for glory. <laughs> but, but, but but it's it's how um as Benno knows it's easy to get the two confused. <laughs> uh, to be fair, that exhibition borrowed a lot from uh, from Ring of Honor, but anyway. <laughs> but um, I was I was talking to JP, JP how hard it is almost to like separate these things in my mind, and I'm mm. I'm thinking about okay when I'm watching something that's 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 you know different to me, especially like through this this podcast now where it's something that ordinarily I might not have watched, but I'm watching because we need to review it for this. Like I want something that's going to like stand out and give me a reason to watch it for a you know specific um, purpose. So you know obviously you know last year the Noah stuff that got me well into that there was you know found some matches there that were like right up my street that I really enjoyed found myself watching a hell of a lot more Noah you know previously had talked about there watching you know the the impact stuff with Diana Perazzo, Jordan Grace and things and that got in got the strength of the them women's matches got me watching impact for a bit I'm watching ROH here today or watching this show and I'm just thinking like what is it it's just it just mm. had that totally homogenous look you know looking at the arena that the, the 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 layout of it the way that the matches are you know presented and things it just it just very much felt to me like I could have been watching Impact or I could have been watching New Japan Strong or I could have been watching NXT UK or anything it, it was just you know insert a another wrestling show of the you know no crowd era and and you know, it's changed the logo in the bottom corner and it's, you know, there's nothing there that makes it stand out as being, um, you know, distinct or unique. And, you know, even things with like the, the pure rules stuff, like that's not a substantially enough thing to make it a massive differentiator. It wasn't like when I'm watching or when I have watched um, those pure rules matches. In fact, that's that's what I was watching of Ring of Honor previously. Was that was the tournament when they mm. when they brought back the title? That was that was the the ROH stuff I was watching. And again, it's even those matches. They don't feel distinct and differentiating enough that it's offering me something unique there that I have to create a reason to watch. You know, for enjoyment, an extra one or two hours worth of wrestling a week. You know, they, it's almost like. They, they need to take a step back and be like, "What you know? Let's create a reason for for somebody to you know invest in our product as well as watching AW or as well as watching New Japan or, or something else." And I just don't think that they're um, 
they're, they're achieving it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can, I can completely sympathize with that. I mean, it's fascinating seeing he describe about the history and kind of what are they now? And they're in that category of content provider. They provide content for a series of local television networks around the US for a company that can, has paid relatively little money for it. It's it's that's their kind of problem. They're not they can't offer what they did, which was like, how do you entertain the the kind of smart mark fan base? Mm-hmm. Well, they've been provided for in other ways, and it's that not the D, the DVD model has kind of come and gone. Where that was the thing I imagine when you ordered, and how much you look forward to getting those in the post, and you get a totally about the old days, yeah, yeah. Now it's kind of it's all there at the you know the entire landscape and everything's moved to the kind of streaming model and I think it's 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 difficult because I don't think they use their history well enough in terms of being able to monetize it and that's the thing that's where all the value is. Yeah, the wrestling itself. There's lots of wrestlers I like. There are things I like about it. There are things actually about the presentation that I kind of like because I think from an empty arena perspective, there's just simple things about having those LED screens around, whereby you know at least what this match is for like and who is taking part in it in the most simplest of ways because i just dis- really dislike like impact's presentation of it because i think it's the most it's kind of lazy it's just sort of generic led screen at the back and the ring and the rest of it mm. whereas i actually think there's there's stuff for that where they where sometimes for some of it like the wrestling and pure tournaments where you've got the snooker commentary basically going on i think you can get away with it then it's just a lot of the other things where there isn't anything that's good enough to hook you in where you can say, you must see this. And they still produce stuff like Vincent and Taven, which is just bollocks. And it should like, it, it's, it's doing cinematic worse than WWE, worse than impact. Mm. I don't know, with that karate man stuff. And so it wasn't so much cinematic though. I didn't think I thought it was more of like, it took place it in a, a place. Boiler, boiler room brawl. Yeah, is, that, is yeah. kind of what I thought. But it, but it was. It was a youth club. Mm. Is what it did. It reminded <laughs> me of Saint Monica's um, youth club in the church hall there. And I, I was like, oh yeah, just no one's cleared it up. Um, <laughs> and 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 that's the thing about it is there's not anything that's kind of good enough to stand out. There's there's kind of better signs from where they were. As someone right. who only dips in and out of the pay per views, it doesn't make me want to watch the weekly TV. Mm. It doesn't make me think on a slow week, well, I better watch Ring of Honor then because that'll be good. That's mm. just not going to happen. But there are things about it that I like. It's just that Same. it's probably too little too late. And it feels like they're spending a bit of cash now and that maybe, and it's kind of real roll of the dice stuff, getting Andrade in is something that could be a, a mover. But I think it's got to be an Andrade who's gone into New Japan and looked big as well. So then it actually really, whereas if it's Andrade going into Ring of Honor, I think that's where you kind of need him to turn up in like kind of big angles in Japan to kind of think, oh, we've got this star who's also big in Japan as well. It feels like a an out of WWE and he was misused by them. So he ticks all of these great boxes. That's mm-hmm. the only thing I think where you kind of can raise it. Mm-hmm. I like Roosh, but Roosh outside of Mexico, where is, you know, where's yeah. it going to be? Sorry. I mean, I like Roosh, but I like the idea of Roosh more than I like the real Roosh. Um, You're laughing at the comment at the bottom of the screen in a minute, aren't you? <laughs> That's one for the uh, the patrons. We can't, we won't it really is. Um, <laughs> but I mean, 
<laughs> on the uh, on the on the on your overall point, I I I don't disagree at all. Like I I can say I watched this show and there were three matches I particularly enjoyed. Mm. But then I thought to myself, are you going to watch Ring of Honor's TV this week, Ben? Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> you know, like, you might tune into the next pay-per-view, but it would take a quiet weekend like this, probably, to convince you to do it. Like, And that's not to say, again, that, that they were positive on this show, because, like, I'll be honest, I was, you know, in, in a Zoom call kind of while this show was on, and I had it on in the background, and then... Bandido, Flamita, and Ray Horus went out there and grabbed my attention, like almost forcibly forced me to pay attention to the show. From that point on, you know, I was in, I was in, you know, as far as like paying attention to the show properly. Um, and I did watch some of the early bits uh, back again when the show finished. But you know, there, there are positives there. You know, I think that's, I mean, I can say from a historical point of view, Ring of Honor never, ever, ever leaned into lucha. Like they just, it was just something Gabe Sapolsky didn't like and um, didn't appreciate. And that is, you know, a positive of Ring of Honor. It's a reason why, you know, people might roll their eyes going, Andrade going to Ring of Honor, really? Well, the reason he's going to Ring of Honor probably is because all those mates work there. And probably, if you believe the rumors, Tria Trinidad, aka the former Selena Vega, may well have a contract there already as well. Um, that's something that's been doing the rounds a little bit. Doing the women's tournament in summer as well. So yeah, that would make sense too. Um, but yeah, you know, that, you know, from a positive point of view, that is a match I really enjoyed. Bandido, Flamita, and Ray Horace. I know the style is not going to be for everyone. You know, I'd sit here and say, you know, I haven't put my ratings into Grapple yet. I'm literally doing them while we talk. I think I'd hover between 3.75 and 4. Probably go with 4, um, just because I just really enjoyed it. Um, it was missing a live crowd. You know, a live crowd going nuts for for, for the silly spots, and it would have taken it, you know, maybe even higher in, in my mind. Um, but I can't fault the lads in it. I can't say it was particularly well, you know, laid out psychological, you know, warfare, you know, battle of a match. But, you know, as far as fucking ridiculous spots the three of them were pulling off in there, you know, it gave me everything I want. It did give me some flashbacks to, you know, the SATs and Quiet Storm and Special K back in the day. And these three lads are way better than all those dudes I just mentioned. Um, scandalous that to some early Ring of Honor fans, but it's fucking true. Um, but yeah, you know, there was something to be said for that. I think that was probably, like, for me, my match of the night, just because it was kind of my style of match. I don't know where where you guys uh, were on that one with the uh, some of the uh, the nutty spots they were doing in this one. I went 3.75 on this one. Like, yeah. I, you know, again, it's not necessarily my style of match, but I think from where it started and for a point, I was a bit like, nah, like yeah, yeah, this is just like another throwaway kind of you know, lucha match. You know, I think then as some of the uh, some of the spots near the end just were insane, and I think in this situation where you see do, seeing stuff that's just like mind blowing, and it's like executed like really smoothly as well. Yeah. I think that's that's when this type of match does so you can start ask for to a match of, like this, isn't it? Yeah, you know, that's when it starts to kind of notch up out of the ordinary for me. It's never going, you know, it's never going to be something that's getting, you know mid fours or anything like that sure. you know this, this 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 kind of match with with me but but yeah it was, it was definitely a um, high spot com- compared to say like the f- previous three matches i'd watched this was something <laughs> where i was kind of you know I, I i added on and this is where i started to pay attention to the show basically this yeah. is the one that woke me up mm-hmm. yeah I, I i feel like i'm the low man on this i went three and a half because i mean Scoundrel. in some ways i've sort of, i've sort of seen these matches many many times before is kind of how i feel um however bandido of the three is the one who kind of really stands out 
as looking the best and kind of looking the smoothest from this. Flamita, even, do you remember when he was in progress? Oh God. <laughs> Flamita, and he Only just, because of the Ogden's chant. He's a flan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how I first talked to Andy Ogden because of that chant. Is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, but I was sat next to him and Jeff. Um, they were singing out. I was just on the same road to them. They, they were singing that Flamita song. And then a we were, I think we were, I think we were about like a week later, we were at um, Lucha Underground in Manchester at that Sasha's Hotel. And I was stood near the bar at them, and I was just I had to just commend them on that Flamita chant because it was the best best thing I'd ever heard. And there you go, then <laughs> a friendship from there. <laughs> so Fl- Flamita's got good a lot. Flamita. Good, good old Flamita, lads. Jim Smallman's favourite Mexican wrestler. Remember when Jim Smallman pretended to know who he was? That was good, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said that. No, we just had no idea. Uh, that was that was the Smallman runner. That, you know, anytime they brought it, like Miko or something. Oh yeah, she. Oh yeah, legend. Yeah, Flamita. Oh, oh, I've always wanted to get Flamita in my little company. Fuck off, you don't watch any lucha. Shut up. <laughs> Ball cut. Anyway, carry on. Sorry. I, I, to be, I, I just thought, to be honest, it was like kind of a while. Like it was different from everything else, which had followed in a very sort of two and a half star kind of samey vibe the whole way through the kind oh, yeah. of large swathes of that it was the it was the thing that kind of stood out mm. um and that's why it's always good to do that and it's it's always you're always going to want to appeal to people who inherently lucha is just appealing you know i've just bought a lucha underground t-shirt i bought a t-shirt of a company that's fucking dead hey, Azteca underground like mate it's coming back oh that's true oh yeah uh you're going to tell us about that in a little bit um Oh so yeah, the forgot about that. The show's going to be short tonight. <laughs> Fuck me, we've got other stuff to go in as well. Um, Don't worry, that'll take me thirty yeah, seconds. <laughs> it was a, it was a, it was a, <laughs> it was a, it was a. Um, I, I thought it was a good fun match. Fair enough. <laughs> what, what, what were you guys highlights from that? Because I'm guessing that that's mine. I, we, we, was that your highest you went on the night? Like, I'm guessing the Gresham mm. match was more of your your uh, yeah. style, Gareth. Yeah, I give that one four. And I think that was one where, again, that was one that started off and I was a bit, I wasn't too convinced about it, um, particularly when it's when it started. But the more it went, the more it captivated me and got me engaged in the in the match. I thought it was, you know, I, I really liked the, um, well, I should say really liked. I liked the, um, the way that they built the match with, um, you know, Gresham trying to put a bit of distance between them and Draper keeping him tight and, you know, just, you know, working the, the midsection and, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to try and, you know, suplex him and things like that with Gresham trying to put the distance in and then ultimately like working the leg and things like that. I quite like that. I thought they went a bit over the top on some of the selling and that a bit later on, which kind of took me out of it a bit there with that. But like, um, but you know, just some of the selling, though, even like where they were capable of doing something, and then one second later couldn't do something because of the uh, the stomach cell. And I was a bit like, hang about one second late, you've, one second previously, you've just done this, and some of it didn't didn't match up. But ultimately, it was the, uh, again. If I say the um, the three way was the one that woke me up, this was the one that got me kind of actually really properly paying attention and really watching what I was watching and mm-hmm. in a bit more detail and kind of. Paying it, you know, paying attention to the little details that were going on in there, and it was it was nice in the way it was worked as well. Just given that height difference between the two guys, you know, literally like mm. a foot in heights difference. So, mm. yeah, I think that lended itself in well to the to the to the story that they told about the way that they were both um, they were both trying to trying to win as well. And again, 
it was a match that I enjoyed in isolation, certainly the one that stood out most on this card. Did, did it have me running out thinking, yeah, I want to watch ROH regularly so that I can watch more of these um, Pure Rules matches or watch a bit more of either of these two guys? No, not at all. You want to watch Pure Rules, mate? Early 2000s, I've got some better recommendations for you. Not that I didn't enjoy this. I, w- I mean, I went three and a half on it, but, you know, it's obviously, it's not always hugely my style but i can appreciate you know um the work and i know i always appreciate gresham even if like he's a weird worker jp i know he's your mate but also like you know i watch him and i don't even always enjoy the match but i kind of enjoy watching him does that make any sense like you kind of feel like you're yeah. watching someone like it's like the way he does those youtube videos where he's like demonstrating how moves are done i think he's just an interesting wrestler to watch like no matter the scenario it's the real pride in your craft stuff isn't it that he loves doing that kind of getting down and being technical i mean he's the perfect figurehead for this mm-hmm. it's like the thing that gives him something to do if you're not putting him in the world title scene and i always like the fact that his height adds an interesting dynamic to a lot of matches mm-hmm. i think that's one of his selling points because in some ways for the style that he wrestles and the the kind of way that the pure rules tournament set up him being five foot four is is something that's more of a benefit mm-hmm. than a negative and which is what I kind of enjoyed about this match, where in traditional pro wrestling, the guy six foot five is the bully and he'll bully around the much smaller guy for the rest of it. But in fact, there wasn't as kind of much of that because at times Dak Draper looks really cumbersome, but I like kind of going in there. And it's, and to give a kind of shout out, I think a lot of the match was Gresham trying to get this guy over. Whoever as well he was. As much as anything. <laughs> you Whoever found out finally, JP. <laughs> <laughs> found out and do you know what i mean i'd heard that he's an NXT, he was a former nxt guy oh was he i didn't surprise me at all yeah like i think kind of of a much earlier class possibly but mm. do you know what i thought i thought he was fine mm. like whether or not he's you know it's i'm not talking world title fucking main event and stuff at the minute but i thought in his promo he mm. seemed like an interesting enough character mm. But however, something that wouldn't be, you'd be thinking, great worker. It's like another person who can cut a good promo and is kind of decent in the ring. And let's face it, there are like a million and one of those people. And a lot of them are already on the undercard already. So it's like, well, is this guy going to prove to be something more than that? Mm. Whereas I think actually Gresham getting into the the kind of main event story, I, I think that's what you want. Because if you want to stand out... And you, and you haven't got Andrade, then have someone who's going to deliver just like really good matches because mm. then that becomes your selling point. Mm. Totally. Um, I suppose the other notable match, and you know, there's plenty to, I don't know if buries the word, just kind of sired the mediocrity of a lot of the rest of this car, but I suppose the other notable one, Rushin and Jay Lethal in the main event. Um, I went three stars on it. I'm never going higher. It's Jay Lethal. I can't, I can't get... Jay Lethal is like oh. bland as fucking... Well, something bland. I was going to say sawdust then. I don't think that's a real analogy. He's just fucking bland, okay? Like, he's just... I can't, I can't get it. This inspiration is one of the more interesting ones of him. You can't place. use the word interesting with Jay Lethal, JP. I will. I'm not having it. He was more interested... He was more interested in 2002 and he was Hydro and Special K than, than, than he's ever been at any other point in his career. Um, I just... Yeah, it's a, maybe it's a me thing. I just find them Mr. Three Stars. I find them extremely boring. And Roosh is really he's cool he looks good flatters to deceive in his matches for me um but i can see you know the, the grapple ratings are a bit higher than than i've gone on that one and yeah maybe there's a there's more jay lethal fans out there than than uh than me out there jp i 
yeah, I, again, this is probably where I'm just like slightly more upbeat. I think generally overall, possibly about Ring of Honor than, than you guys. Mm. And I'm speaking to the our Ring of Honor official historian here as well. So, um, yeah, be careful, around I, I, I thought, yeah, this this, <laughs> this current <laughs> this, this current version of Jay Lethal within the foundation because it's just a very simple group to understand and it's probably one of the more confused things about the booking and what they are is they've got Ooh, this I've got thoughts on the post match with regards to that yeah 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 it's like <laughs> oh okay this is kind of like you're throwing a lot of shit at the wall at this point aren't you and you're kind of seeing what sticks mm-hmm. but within having a group which is all about the traditions of Ring of Honor and wanting to be in, you know, kind of very much sort of focused heavily on the wrestling. And we probably saw far too much Tracy Williams than we needed to for the night. But this version of, of Jay Lethal as being the slightly more pompous, like kind of um, veteran who's all very, you know, how many anniversary, how many title shots has he had in main events in Ring of Honor over the last three, four years? He seems like he's there every other month, doesn't he? He really does. I, I, I kind of didn't mind him. And Roosh is charismatic. And I thought he was kind of flinging himself about more than sometimes what he will do in a match. And the problem is with Roosh is that if you've ever seen him in CMLL and I know he's, he, there was things about him possibly working in AAA as well. This is a guy who kind of needs the live crowds. That's when Roosh is kind of at his best. So as an empty arena wrestler, like he's somewhat limited. You can get away with some of the brawling. He'll do some degree of wrestling, but you're never going to have those kind of great matches out of him. So I think I went three and a half on this because I probably enjoyed it more mm. than, than you guys did. But yeah, it's not exactly a, a kind of main event scene at the minute where you're where you're really buzzing about it. No, I, I split the difference. I went three point two five. I originally gave it three and a half, and then like after about a minute, I thought stop being polite. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> knocked knocked a knocked point two five off it. Um, it was like Look, it was if you, if you give Joe and Punk three point two five, we'll have words. But you don't need to be polite around it for my sake. <laughs> <laughs> when I um, when I was putting into the into the app like the other day with just the, the card itself and I was like I was like Jay Lethal's in the main event of, again kind of I was still kind of, it was like what I was thinking and then when I was like watching it today I was just like why I just couldn't get my like get my head around I'm not sure what he's what he's bringing to the bringing to the table as someone who should still be up there as a as a as a main event in this this day and age and the match itself was just bland and dull and that's everything that i expect to see when i'm watching a jay level match and you know i didn't you know rush you know rush was bringing you know even the i mean you say there jp about needing to work in better with a live crowd well like here where he was just doing these ridiculous like pantomime villain laughs to nobody because there's no audience there and he was there like <laughs> in the corner as he did stuff and I was thinking what are you doing like this just looks preposterous and like he just, he, he, I don't think he just walked off to get a water and <laughs> pour it over his head and the rest <laughs> I don't know, it was just it was just uh, his character work, I just thought was 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 really poor as well. Maybe I should go three. Maybe I was really polite, um, but yeah, I just didn't. I didn't enjoy this at, at all. And it was it was you know it was just something that was there and bland and average and just like a miserable again. Man. 
Again, you pick it. You're putting this as like this is the this is the main event of your your anniversary show, and I was like, this is the yeah. Let's leave people with a you know, let's leave people with a good taste of what Ring of Honor is all about for anyone who's tuned in and watched this. And you know, it's just left me just thinking, well, if this is the fucking shit you're pushing me at the top of the card, then there's no reason for me to get uh, get invested in this at all. That's I think I think my night went the same as you, Gareth. Like I say, I wasn't hugely paying attention. Then that three way happened, it woke me up. Then the Gresham matching happened, and obviously I'm a bit probably the low man compared to you on that. But you know, it it grabbed my attention, and then you're kind of waiting for a big main event to take us home, and they haven't got it in the in the locker. It's a bit like watching Impact in that way, you know. As much as I love Rishwan, you know, they don't they're, they're missing that main event, proper main event kind of scene. As much as Roosh has got star power, yeah, he, for me, in no way makes makes for really Didn't feel like a main matches. event Yeah, no, no. And no. Jay Lethal has kind of, through inertia, become a main eventer in ROH. You know, he's one of their most decorated wrestlers at this point as being, you know, world champion TV. He had that great TV title run, which was genuinely very good. And somebody backstage thought, well, we should put the world title on him instead. And we got the, the deathly... Um, multiple ring of honor title reigns of jay lethal because of that um and he's just not an main event act he's just someone who's bit who's around still but that's kind of all it is for, for, for jay lethal with me sorry jay Fay. um but you know he's just he's never been for me he was when he was samoa joe's understudy back in the day very good special k as i mentioned earlier very good Um, just never developed into what he could have been um in my opinion but i will say Post match put a smile on my face. Um, you know, <laughs> obviously I'm always going to pop. You know, uh, obviously GCW superstars like Chris Dickinson and Tony Depp and come out uh, with Brody King. But not only that, Ring of Honor legend Homicide, and you know, oh, yeah. acknowledging the fact that his pomp was. 16 years ago just like my pump in efed and was 16 years ago um <laughs> homicide is uh you know it, it doesn't say great things about the promotion but you know whatever he was out there in an r.i.p jug drenchy t-shirt so he gets a pass from me i said to the ogdens it felt felt a little bit like maybe he's he, they said to homicide you want to turn up for our 19th year anniversary show and then he was backstage you know like you know what should we use him should we give should we give him an angle because he's had multiple ring of honor returns since his heyday in 2006 and they've not particularly gone well um but you know personally the ring of honor mark he likes that nod to history and likes the fact that he, he came out there and he did the cop killer to jay lethal which you know was all of uh you know one of the one of the greatest star rh memories of all time is, uh, is seeing them do that he did he, lo- he, he looks you know and he's he's been all right on nwa but most of it <coughs> This team with Eddie Kingston. <coughs> Sorry, I've gotten too excited talking about homicide. Um, you have, but, yeah, I enjoyed that stable, but you know, where again, the question remains: Am I going to watch Stable Wars in Ring of Honor? You know, on a regular basis. Well, even my initial excitement probably says no. Is there a group that loves more random stables? If you can remember the group Lifeblood that was set up, which oh, was yeah. Juice Robinson leading it, oh, Bandido, Mark Haskins, Tracy Williams. Tennille Dashwood, mm. someone else <clears throat> who I can't remember. And it was just like people they'd signed that week when they went on a mad <laughs> Yeah, spree. they just made, made them a stable. Yeah. yeah, Kenny and the Bucks had left and it was like, fuck it, we got some spare cash we're going to buy. <laughs> and it was it was very much like, you're, what would you do in football manager if you've lost a player very close to deadline day, like yeah. your big player, and you're like, oh, I'm never gonna, I've just got to try and replace all round. And you've not done the job that basically is, I've sold Zidane to Real Madrid, so I'll buy Nedved and Buffon and like 
you know, think about that fucking legacy. Anyway, I don't know why. It's when I think a good transfer business, I think of that. <laughs> but, uh, but like here for the like this group, like Dickinson is a bit of a buzz at the moment. Mm-hmm. But where does he kind of fit in here? And they could have had him for a very long time before. Deppin is there. It's just a fucking weird group with Brody King. Yeah. yeah. Against another group in in LFI, which is weird enough not only for the Feel Mandy Amy oh, Rose stuff when they did a Bestia Del Ring, who is like someone who's overtly taking the piss in terms of his signing in Ring of Honor. Because he's just fucking awful. But but where does a lot <laughs> of this go? I mean, oh. oh yeah, yeah. Like homicide being in there is fun for the kind of nostalgia. But when this group came out, I was just like, you're really throwing shit against the wall here and just seeing what sticks, aren't you? And just hoping that one of these people catches fire in a way, and you've chucked a load of them near a main event scene. Yeah, I I did f- leave the show kind of utterly confused. And that end, that end angle, like obviously you had the nostalgia element from the the homicide, you know, point of view that right. that broke through, for, for, you know, for you and was obviously like a, a tick in the box for you. For me, looking at this, it just it was just like, well, like he's just this random selection of guys that like uh-huh. I know who they all are and I've seen them all in different places and okay, these are all pulled together and now this is a, another <laughs> different stable that's going on, but. I don't know why, you know, and as 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 on support, it reminded me a bit of like when I'm like doing tea for the kids, and I like I open the freezer, and there's like <laughs> there's a bag there, and it's got about six chips left in it. There's another one that's got two nuggets. There's one fish finger left in a box, and then there's like, <laughs> and then so the kids get this random tea Christy where they get, you know, like, they get like half 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 a, half a waffle, six chips. A fish finger, two chicken nuggets here, and then throw on oh, some more spaghetti or something like that as well. And that's what this, that's it, totally just felt like that to me that it was just like, it's the scrapings of what's left of the American indie scene. Oh, we need Amazing. to plug another gap. Oh, he's, he's backstage because it's the anniversary. Throw him out there as well, kind of thing. You know, he's he's not quite past his sell by date yet. We can feed them to, you know, we can feed them to, to the, uh, to the audience. And, and, and that's what you, that's what you're left with. It didn't, uh, it didn't look like a group that had any element of, cohesion or logic as to why they were thrown together or indeed why they would even be um taking on the people that they were taking on mm. and, uh, you just made everyone hungry lyric- now gareth <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> starving at this point but- i love a good shit meal like that you, you do it yourself jp for the lads you know throw a few like i say fish fingers I- some chicken dippers knocking around a couple of chips oh, i've done it i've done it before mash. generally they like it and i always just think just just and a tin of beans yeah. just to kind of add it tin of beans tin of beans it's a bit of colour like yeah. the rug in the big big <laughs> to go with the beige kind of brings them all together doesn't it um, yeah uh, along with a sideline of don't tell your mum like oh. as you go past on this stuff but I mean like it, who needs yeah, Joe we got it, Gareth it, now that's the best argument that we've had on the show in about a year it's, it's perfect <laughs> it's, it's however I bet your kids quite enjoyed eating that. Whereas like yeah. in some ways, this group, like how Tony Deppen is a completely random choice from it. And yeah. I was thinking when you think of these stable wars and how you build stables, I get the logic. To, like when you think of the stables, they do in AEW, which is another company that's kind of big on these kind of groups and factions and the rest of it. For the most part, they do that stuff really well. 
And even if you think, well, it's a bit weird having these people together, within a couple of weeks, you're kind of with them. You're like, oh, okay, I get why. You'll see the interactions. They'll have worked out a way about how this generally could work at times. I know with you, Sean Spears, notwithstanding. But <laughs> like, save that for next week. For the, yeah, for the most part, you can kind of have this stuff here. But like with this group, you don't have any confidence and you're not watching the TV anyway. So like you better have a fucking good explanation as to what Brody King was doing, just apparently just knocking around at a GCW show. Mm. And he thought, lads, head <laughs> off to Baltimore with me. Yeah. We're gonna oh, we're on a wire field trip. No. We we're gonna just run in on this <laughs> mu- main event angle at the end. Okay, here we go. Uh, and it doesn't like in all seriousness, it doesn't really set a, a, an inviting scene for the likely, very likely Andrado turning up in Ring of mm. Honor situ- situation, really does it's gonna be a nice reunion for him and his pals, but <laughs> I suppose he'll add something to that huge end, but... first. Mm. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, that's probably the route. Then it'll mean something in Ring of Honor. If he turns up in Ring of Honor, it'll be mm. like especially if they haven't got fans in. Mm-hmm. And if he comes out and it's not a particularly big crowd like they've had for some of those pay per views, then um, mm. that wouldn't yeah. be pleasant. That's a um, anything else on that ROH show? I think we can top it. <laughs> Gareth nailed them. <laughs> they can't come back from that. Um, no. Any, anything on any of the bland undercard? Anything you want to quickly bury before we do move on? Dalton Castle shit. <laughs> it was even on the show. Um, I didn't even notice him. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I that like was the Josh match I didn't Woods. rewatch. Josh Woods or something, and then he's thrown in a feud with Silas Young, which mm. I think I could give less of a shit God, about that. when Silas Young was a thing. Um, I did have the free bit on the TV. And again, Dan Housen, I don't understand it. I, I think absolute wank. Jim Cornette's a big fan, you know. You wouldn't expect it. <laughs> big fan. Hasn't seen him wrestle yet, though. Um. Wow. <laughs> I watched Melbourne City wrestling and he's a fucking very poor man's Mick Moretti who does that kind of joke <laughs> shit a lot better. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, there you go. Like I say, uh, not, a, not a product we're going to be rushing to tune back in. For but you know, I suppose you, you you throw Andrade into that mix. It doesn't, you know, isn't the most exciting thing Andrade can do, but maybe something to to keep an eye on from like a, a news point of view. But yeah, we yeah we should move on. You know, you mentioned there, JP, and typically, you know, in a show where we didn't have much to talk about, we haven't got much time for this now. But you did want to mention no. that you watched <laughs> NCW. Wow, well, how does this always happen? Uh, it's just that it's just that we're wired, JP. We can't help it. We we can't we well, can't get a sub two hour show in here anymore. So no, we can't. We're, we're I'm going to throw a bonus from the the Patreon at the end of this, so people are going to wake up in the morning and go, how the fuck did they get three hours out of that shit? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Really are, aren't they? They're going to look at the show notes and think, what the fuck? Just like an hour discussion. Well, maybe the Patreon. <laughs> Long AEW discussion. Hey, we had a good, yeah, we had a good chat. We had a good chat about like, it. Did. Ratings and codes. Well, it's kind of the kind of bigger industry stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, big really? picture, mate. Big picture. That's what we did today. I... I, this is something that I've been kind of. I'll, I'll try not to like. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna talk about some of the matches because I think people should should see this. But I saw a bit of the. That's Melbourne all we got time City for Ripley. this week. Uh, thanks everyone. Yeah. Sorry, I won't make that joke. Okay. Sorry, Jake. I love you very the, much. Carry on. The, the Melbourne City Wrestling Ballroom Brawl, which I still haven't seen the actual like main event, which is a twenty person rumble, which, um, like I've wanted to see a bit of Australian wrestling because I find it fascinating as a territory. Because it should be big. Mm. The issue is, there's a couple of things. Is One is, obviously, it's the other side of the world. So it's very, very isolated. And to bring in people is going to be very expensive. But also, 
it's an enormous country in and of its own right. So even to get people in from, say, Sydney to Melbourne, you're going to have to fly them in. If you want to get people in from Brisbane or wherever, Perth especially, it's a difficult thing to get people around. And the other thing is, is they're the ones who've got crowds at the minute. So you watch this, and I swear to God, you feel like you're watching a show from pre-pandemic, where you're just watching a crowd. People sat together. You're not seeing masks and everything else because they're able to open it up. It's absolutely um, like kind of weird seeing that, thinks, not seeing any kind of anxiety. And they <laughs> are allowed to do this. This is all... Like, they're in a much better this, spot than we are. People people see it on spot. Twitter and kick off, and it's like, no. Like, I, have a little, I mean, I know bits of Australia are doing worse than others, but, like, read up on yes. where these shows are taking place. It's state by state on this. So I know in Sydney, for example, it has been... It has been better. And they make reference to this in the show where there's a lot of wrestlers there from Sydney who they're going, actually, they have a lot more reps in the ring, so they're going to be perhaps better in these matches. And they played up a kind of New South Wales-Victoria kind of rivalry, like a not quite state of origin, I would say, which I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I said that was the tag team name that Aussie Open should have gone with, this state of origin, because one, one's from Sydney, one's from Sydney and the other one's from Brisbane. It's, you know. Gareth gets, isn't it? That's a good name, good tag team name, though. Um, right. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Copyright Channel Nine, um, but it, it, it's one. Of, it's one of these things where, like, finally sitting down and watching a bit of Australian wrestling, where these are very much stories that are very localized to this promotion, and they've got their own kind of law. And I'm just dipping in and out. This was fucking fun, and immediately it's got better production values than every British company going. And I mean every British company. So if people go, well, progress on WWE Network looks fine. It kind of puts this to shame. They've got like a, do you remember like OTT would have, they've got like a four camera setup, So it looks good. Mm. They've got promo packages there. Um, and what they also have on top of that is, even though it's a lot of younger wrestlers, they've got real talent. And they've got a couple of people there who, in that kind of local scene, are very, very good. And I would say, like, if you're going to watch a match from it, the, the best match I saw from there was Slex versus Mick Moretti. And Slex, ironically, is contracted to Ring of Honor, but hasn't been able to go because of COVID. Mm. They had a re like, a Mick Moretti is someone who turns up in the kind of high ratings for like PWA Black Label, I want to say it is. Um, mm-hmm. and, and he's very much based in Sydney. And this was a match between sort of two of the bigger guys in the Australian scene. And Mick Moretti comes out like a kind of mad joker figure. They had a really good professional wrestling match, which had a bit of everything and a bit of ebb and flow. And it wasn't an orthodox heel and face. It was just like, it was like a couple of old pros who are two of the bigger names there. We're going to put on a, we're going to put on a really good match. And it wasn't a title at stake, but at the same time, it was, um, it was really, really, um, like just fun to watch as a match and the way it was presented. And I went four stars on it. Um, when I, when I went in, I was like, yeah, really like enjoyed it. Thought it was a, a really good, solid match. And Slex is someone who, even though he's kind of like, he looks like he might just be a big jacked up dude. He does a few dives. He doesn't really miss a beat. They had some really good kind of counter sequence. It got more brutal as it went on. There was, 
really like the submission made sense because there was a kind of slightly botched moonsault which caught more Moretti on the shoulder and he ended up working into the finish when he tapped out to the to a kind of um like kind of cobra clutch that he did on on the ground that was really good then there was a women's match between Jessica Troy and, and Kellyanne that was fucking great and just a, Kellyanne is someone who looks like Kaylee Ray like really looks like Kaylee Ray fucking great just like a slightly bigger heel bully against Jessica Troy, who's got some really good arm submissions. And it was just like like a full-on, at times, it felt like the best wrestling match that they had on the card. It was like one where there was just a lot more ground grappling. And I I just really enjoyed this. I went 3.75 on this. I was like, this is a really good match. And then on the undercard, there's a couple of tag team matches between sort of younger guys, a couple I saw in the cockpit, the velocities. And what you're seeing, if nothing else, is a lot of people who are like, when they're out there, they, they kind of obviously know each other kind of reasonably well a lot of the times. So they're having these kind of fun, like kind of very flippy-do matches. And they're probably, if they had kind of a lot more, say, older, more seasoned teams to kind of work with, because it's a very sort of nascent scene and you were able to get people in, they clearly would be like a lot of sort of teams on the rise. And and, and this is the other thing with it as well. They had a really good undercard heel there. I think it was called Rocky Monero. And he was like a proper, just old school heel. And you, you watched it and thought, we haven't really got many of those in Brit Rest anymore. Mm. Like, like someone who's clearly been around the scene for a long time is not going to be a big star. He's there ultimately to get into a feud with a younger guy and that younger guy gets over and he won this one, did like a ball shot and, and, and a kind of roll up and you're like kind of fine with it. And for crowds just getting back into wrestling, it's easy to show them those types of matches. Like you get four young guys who are able to do lots of flips, go out and do those flips because people are kind of happy to have that entertainment. So the crowd are always reacting and, you know, the commentators are kind of obviously very, very heavily invested generally good as well. The commentators and I haven't really got to the main event bit. Don't worry. I'm going to shut up in a minute about this. That's okay. But I, Chat I support, you. Pa- you know, like, I Joe pay- was saying he's been watching a lot of PWA, you and saying there that Charlie was always good the other week. They mentioned Charlie Evans, Jessica Troy. Jessica Troy is someone who does the look of a star about her. Mm. Like she, she does. Don't be surprised if she's signed up very, very soon. Mm. Um, I paid two pound eighty two for it, and it's something that looks like like on Vimeo, just as a forty eight hour rental. Mm. And I'm there going, do you know what? I've fucking enjoyed this so far, mm. and I faith that the Rumble will look good. And they have faith in their roster, and mm. they and they create characters with their roster. And they're about putting on a good night of the wrestling, which frankly looks like there's probably what anywhere to about sort of seven, eight hundred people in there in a really cool kind of ballroom setup, good theatre. You're thinking it was one of the better shows that I've seen, certainly from a production standpoint. Like in indie wrestling, it kind of puts a lot of stuff to shame. So there you go. I can I'll recommend I'm gonna Aussie Graps is something I've wanted to say for a while. I've watched for a while. I've said it to you guys enough times. Yeah, kind of yeah. Off air. And, <laughs> it, and here, I've, I'm thinking this is a territory that feels like it's worth investing in. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of them where, especially like on the app, like I've had 
um, MCW on on there for a, a shorter period of time. I've had PWA on there going back um, a few more years, but it's it's almost one of those where they've like flown under the radar. And when I've put lists together, I'll normally make like a cutoff point of I don't know, like thirty ratings on the app or fifty ratings on the app. And in a lot of instances, they just fall like just shy of it. Like there was a match that I watched. Um, well, it'd be like 2019, Jack Bonzer against Mick Moretti, who you're highlighting there. There was there was a match they had that was, you know, I think I gave four and a half to, and it averaged out at like four and a half on the app as well. And it was it was one where it would have ranked highly on the Grapple 100, except just not enough people saw it. And I kind of like pushed it on enough lists and things like that on social media, on them like hidden gems lists and things like that mm. for people to watch, but people didn't see it. And then um, again, in and around that, you know, Meriti and Bonzo had a couple of tag matches against the Velocities that, you know, ranked out really high. You're picking out um, uh, Jessica Troy there as well. I know that there was a there was a show that she main evented at PWA and she had like a really strong match with Shazza McKenzie at the time um, as, you know, as part of that. That was in 2019 as well that, that came through there, you know, right through to obviously as well as that like Dowie James um, Osprey match that got like quite a lot of uh, traction last year in um, in, in in Melbourne, there was there was other stuff that was coming through there last year. With you know, I think there was like a Danny Psycho against Royce Chambers match that you know ranked pretty highly on the the app, probably from that same card as well. You know, I know the um, the Adam Brooks Slex stuff come out as, as well. So there is a lot there of the only two promotions from Australia that are on the app, but there's a lot of matches there that are generating strong ratings and almost this kind of like unknown buzz that, yeah, if, you know, if they, if they got a few more eyes on it, you know, as we bemoan the American indie scene and we bemoan the British indie scene, you know, again, maybe, maybe you're right, JP, maybe there's another scene out there that people should be focusing their eyes a a bit more on where there's a, there's a pocket of people who there maybe is in that same way as we had in, in Britress that, you know, seven or eight people who are working at a certain level are going to pull the people up be, below them. And then when them guys work together, they're putting on, you know, t- you know, high quality matches as well. So yeah, maybe it's a want to keep your, uh, keep your eyes on the, on the app as well. Cause I'll still be, I'll still be sticking all their events on. And, you know, even if it's just maybe 10 people or 20 people on there, giving those ratings, who knows, maybe it'll be something to just, you know, open a few more eyes and get a, mm. get a few more eyes on the scene. Who's in the main event that you haven't seen yet, JP? Is it? Is that the Aussie Open match? Because that's what I was oh, interested in. That's PWA. Oh, so they've sorry. been wrestling in, in PWA. So this is in Melbourne. Right. Um, and yeah, there's they, a lot of things like at the moment with COVID where it's kind of very interstate and certain states. Right. Much okay. that makes Victoria's sense. had much harsher kind of lockdown restrictions. I think MCW are only just back, whereas PWA are back and they had a show on Sunday. On They do their shows. Yeah, on they were fight. over the weekend, weren't they? Yeah, uh, that was a fight show. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the main event is like a, it's basically like a Royal Rumble and they just call it the bar, ballroom brawl, except like they have like their stats at the beginning. Number seventeen has been like most winners of the ballroom brawl, and and you're just thinking that's the little bits of effort that make yourself sound good as mm-hmm. well. And do you know what the the other main thing is? It's completely fresh. I'm going into all of this with no preconceived notions over who is really gay, who is really great, and who I don't think is particularly you know fantastic. It's like at this point, I'm thinking you know yeah you know. I'm willing to take all of all of these wrestlers on face value. And they all look like they're very young. Mm. Like 
a lot of this card looks like people primarily made up in their 20s with a sprinkling of veterans throughout there. So it feels like it's a it's a fresh scene, if nothing else. I just think the geography is the thing that hurts it. Because unlike the UK, where you could be going up and down the country, like pretty much all over the week and the weekend, it's a lot of these companies. Like if you're in Perth, you're in the world's most isolated city. Yeah. So if you're wrestling for EPW to get people in, you're flying them in. Mm. Like God knows, I don't know what domestic air air flight uh, air travels like and EPW's a promotion another one I'm, I'm going to make an effort to see as well as PWA mm. yeah I think I'm kind of there's enough there for me to think yeah this is worth my time mm. there you go JP's Aussie Graps Corner that's going to be the uh, the future segment um, JP yeah. Down Under <laughs> there you go that's a better name g'day grapple fans yeah there we- <laughs> don't do that though <laughs> <laughs> Impression too for me. <laughs> Never enough, mate. Never enough. Um, so you didn't watch MLW this week then, as, as a result of uh, of getting that in. I'm I'm too hyped for uh, Never Say Never. I want to go into that kind of fresh, raw. I'll, I'll keep myself updated with Alicia Toots um, and Never Say Never Control Center updates. But uh, <laughs> what happened this week? Um, Gina Medina beats Zenshi in seven minutes. Milwaukee beat Gringo Loco in seven minutes. Calvin Tantman beats someone called Zad in a minute. And the Von Erics won a really bad chain ropes match against uh, Dominic Green and Kevin Koo. I read the results and I thought, oh, this looks like a missable one for me. Von Erics still shit? Yep. Awful. Um, back with Gina Medina. <laughs> Horrific. <laughs> He's got great entrance music, though. It's like uh, it's one of the themes from Scarface, isn't it? On like a dance loop. I mean, I've just given you all my thoughts on the show there, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, that main event was weak. Like, uh, chain ropes, basically, they literally did what you'd ex- expect them to do. They took the ropes out and replaced them with chains. Um, with In my head, I was watching it thinking, oh, I wonder whether they've, like, gone, you know, they've specially had the built or whatever. No, literally, it was just long links of chain that they just literally put, put where the ropes were, and they were, they were quite loose. I thought Dominic Garini and Kevin Koo were fucking awful in the match as well. Sorry. Like, Dominic Garini is like someone I've met in real life. Lovely bloke. Big podcast fan as well. Hope he doesn't listen to this one. I thought he was terrible in this. I thought they didn't know what they, they looked completely lost in this match. Um, it was a tornado tag, and everyone in the match was just wandering around because there were no there was no one to tag. You know what I mean? It wasn't a tag match. So no one really mm. seemed to know when to do their spots. I thought it was laid out horrifically, um, if I'm honest. And yeah, I thought Vans Forever looked terrible. Van Eric's looked terrible. Sorry, JP. I don't feel, I don't feel like I'm shitting on you right here. Mate, it's, mate, it's fine. It, I, it I'm rotten. <laughs> Absolutely rotten. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm holding back as well because, like, oh, this is what happens when you meet someone and they're a lovely bloke and then you watch the wrestling. You're like, mm. fucking hell. Um, yeah, keep keep those lads in fucking blood sport style matches because uh, crazy brawls is not oh, their forte. Um, was there is there any good segments happened? As Sticker Underground? No. Um, not that I remember to be Probably. honest. Probably. Um, <laughs> Filthy Tom was fun in the main events, hanging around trying to interfere and. Like, like, there was a point where Dominic Arini in, like, the slowest motion I've ever seen grabbed one of the chains and choked one of the Van Erics on the outside and Filthy Tom had to take over and do the rest of the work for him because he kind of didn't really make it look good in any way. Filthy Tom was good value, 
you know, he was probably the mm. best thing in the show. But as far as a go home for their big show, JP, that we previewed at the weekend, uh, didn't really leave me hugely excited. Um, to be fair, did actually, did you know not turn up? Well, before that, you know what was good, actually? Actually, go on. Here's a positive. Calvin Tankman, there was a, there was a good Calvin yeah. Tankman promo. And I say, you know, he beat whoever Zad was in a minute. It was worthwhile as, like, a squash getting over, like, <laughs> the big man. Oh, well, he's on the route, isn't he, to, to face Mini Umaga um, in this big show coming up. So, I, I joke. I really do like Jacob Fatu. They've done a good job of, you know, a movable force, a movable object, or whatever the Gorilla Monsoonism was. Um, irresistible force versus a movable object. That's the uh, that's the match, isn't it? So, you know, I, I'm going to watch it. Um, you know, I'll report back next week. I imagine you'll be watching it with me as well. But yeah, it's the same oh, as we say every week. Like I, I put it on because you know it was like an hour between me finishing something else and waiting for something like maybe the Ring of Honor to make you to start. I think it was, and I was like, ah, oh, it's, it's an hour in it. I can put it on in the background and laugh at it and wind JP up if I if I don't particularly enjoy it. And yeah, you know, it was a show. It's probably my my main take on it. Um, not enjoying it is part of the enjoyment, I think. Which is like you say, you say this to us, but I know, and then I don't watch it, and then I get you to watch it. It's quite funny. Ben, ben I watch it. Ben, 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 stuff. Ben, Benno's reaction to MLW is my favourite part of the show. Yeah, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Don't know why I keep watching it. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you mentioned yeah, there was a. You don't like being the canary in the coal mine at times when you're in these positions, do you? Well, you just... I will say, you know, the Milberta, Selena de Aranta stuff. If it leads to fucking what's he called from Lucha Underground? Um, Dario Cueto. El, El Jefe Dario Cueto to turn up. All will be forgiven. Um, get a, get a couple of those characters in and replace MLT. Anthony Joe Lanza in that regard because he said the moment he turns up, he's switching off. Oh, I love him. He's <laughs> one of the best non wrestling performers of all time. Um, fuck, he's just an actor, isn't he? And he came. He he's been in yeah. fucking Curb Your Enthusiasm and like adverts for like you know getting your teeth fixed at the dentist. He's a fucking fantastic actor, and he was uh, one of my favorite wrestling <laughs> right. performers. So you know, I'm looking forward to that. There's my positive JP. There you go. Good stuff. Any more questions? Oh, that's like uh, I, I I don't know what to, I mean. Never say never. It's also it was the highlight of the uh, of the previews we did for the weekend. What's fascinating is in this really slowest of weeks, none of us watched progress. <laughs> no, I actually put it on today. You know, I went. I thought, you know what? Fuck it. We got nothing else to talk about. Turned out we did. You know- he says a two hours and forty seven minutes yeah. into the podcast. Um, but I could, yeah, I, I got like I- twenty minutes in. Not even twenty minutes in. Like probably about ten minutes yeah. in. I thought, nah, I'm not. I'm not even engaging with this. I'm not going to bother. Um, there's not. <laughs> listen, I put the WWE Network on, and one of the segments was um, Kid Lycos wants a championship opportunity, and I was like, yep. Turning this off. Um, WWE Progress could not appeal to me less. I just didn't want to slag off a load of young and experienced workers who are in not a, that fault. the kind of position. It's not their fault. And I'm just like, well, what what benefit is there ultimately other than cheap podcast clicks to go in there, review it, and start slagging it off? Whereas, to be honest with you, I just don't have the fucking energy. Like, I was looking at it, it's just like, I know how I feel about this show pretty much. And I'm... 99.9% sure that there's not some. We just say the same things again. I mean, we made the joke about it. 
say the joke about MLW, yeah. but we would when we JP, we just come on and say, oh yeah, you know the good the, the ongoing gag. The commentary is bad. You know, Roy Johnson's yeah. bad. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Ices yeah. haven't turned up in progress, but they've turned up in MLW, and that feels like a bit more lively. <laughs> Ices would be the baby faces. Yeah, they weren't uh, on it this week. I'm disappointed. Maybe a <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're doing heel, got, Proper heels play the heel as well. Not frightened to be heels. <laughs> Sorry. It's awful. The, the only thing it's got going for it is that it's actually happening and it's accessible. And that's basically it, isn't it? Because it's there's no there really is no reason why you should be reviewing that show more so than re- reviewing any of those Australian shows or reviewing some other like British promo- promotion. Not like it's 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 any more important or you know anything anything like that these days so there's it's certainly a it's certainly no mlw is definitely more important in terms of its global standard in what's happening in the wrestling world so if we, if we can't fucking find time for mlw then then really like oh, i'm not sitting here till two o'clock to talk about progress mate we've got the hipster wednesday night wars now the true wednesday night war mlw aw even though not on at the same time like <laughs> <laughs> the silent majority have been wanting this battle for a long, long time. We all look forward to hearing right. about it. I'll show you fucking Booker of the Year, Tone. <laughs> we all look forward to hearing about it on a Thursday morning, JP, even with an NXT oh, movie. Yeah. I will say, Kanji Miller McKenzie got a little bit of buzz from that progress show, but I don't, you know, I saw Ian gave it three and a half, so, you know. And Ian Ullman himself, he's quite a generous star rater, so it's probably not that much fucking praise. Mm-hmm. Um, I will genuinely, like, part because of my other job doing BWA, but, like, once they get out of this taping, whatever, this is taping one, isn't it? You know, if, if we get to a point where there's a, a second lot of tapings, maybe it's worth, you know, a, a little bit of a revisit, but certainly not when it's the uh, the same old stuff and you've got Karen O'Arp yeah. teaming with poor Danny Black in the semi-main event. Um, sorry, you're not getting my money or my time or no. my attention. Um, but anywho, anything else you guys want to mention before we go? Uh, again, somehow we made it near three hours. Of course we did. Sorry, everyone. Thanks for Thanks for staying with us. It's, be <laughs> it's my fault. I was going on about EFEDs for like 45 minutes at the start. I apologise. <laughs> Hopefully people enjoyed it. <laughs> The dark side of the efeds is what I'm saying as as the as the time. Well, I was going to go with Gareth's mailbox name. What was your mate? What was your mailbox name, Gareth? Um, What's Super Delphin? Super Delphin. Super Delphin. Think, yeah. yeah. Super, Delphin. Super Delphin and IWF New Jack. <laughs> Maybe some of our old I friends might find us. I just I just written down absolutely rotten because I just enjoyed that as your review of MLW there. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to join us in making that decision, we'll be talking it in yes. the uh, post show with our patrons. But um, anything you guys want to plug before we do go out of the uh, the main show? You're going to be hearing a lot of us in the, in the next few weeks. So I'll save all a lot of the plug in for that. Other than I would say, yeah. Um, uh, here's a different one I never asked him to do rate and review because apparently that matters for the algorithms and stuff like that and pushes us up so yeah <laughs> give us a rating on, on iTunes a good rating obviously I mean you can put that down that's how democracy works if you want to go once <laughs> oh, but why fucking bother give us five <laughs> yeah otherwise you can find me on Twitter at JPGP I can see I can see that the, like the, the, the difficulty Gareth to have in here because like on the one hand he wants he wants high ratings for us, on the other hand, he's the pure star rating man, so I, I don't know I don't know how he's gonna feel about that, JP. Absolutely, in the in the market research job, I don't want people uh, using scales incorrectly or anything like that. No, give us five. Gareth Yesarian from Catch Twenty Two here, isn't it? <laughs> uh, good stuff. Anything I feel else? Like, 
I feel like you, JP, when you, if you found out that somebody had uh, been uh, putting this on extreme torrents or something like that, any of the Patreon content conflicted out, you know, that's like a <laughs> thing of like money not in your pocket, but uh, a bit of a, a bit of pride as well. Indeed, indeed. You made it then, haven't you? It's the re- <laughs> it was always the traditional home of SmackDown. Extreme wrestling <laughs> torrents. As presented by Sir Paul. was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do, rest do, in peace rest <laughs> in peace sweet, sweet prince wherever right. you're locked hey, up we miss him now with, with this, with this uh, peacock nonsense but uh, <laughs> did you have anything you wanted to mention about the app at all do I have this plug no I did all up if, earlier on didn't I yeah just follow us on at grapple app if you don't if you haven't downloaded the, the app yet then download it awesome well uh, yeah as uh, as we've said uh, follow JP on Twitter at JPJP Gareth at grapple hour Grapple Gareth, me at Benson Richard E. Um, I'll throw in a quick plug for uh, the podcast I've been doing recently. Uh, you can catch me on Graps and Claps, as we talked about. Um, looking yes. at uh, Universal Uproar from 2005. That came out Saturday. Uh, Excellent show. Oh, thank you. I had a great time with that. And most of that thanks should uh, come from the Ogdens, who uh, great crack. I had a brilliant afternoon. It was well worth uh, the uh, the sleep till six o'clock the next day um, that I had because of that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, check that out this Saturday. Me and Martin are going to be on uh, post podcasting day. Um, on the uh, the post Patreon, but the, I believe the shows will be coming out uh, free eventually at some point as well. We're going to be talking WCW in the nineties, and we're going to have and and in Europe uh, in general into the early two thousands. We're going to have Gary Michael Petter on. Don't need to say anything anything more than that. The uh, the great man himself, and I'll uh, I'll see about him uh, cutting us an intro. Uh, so yeah, you can uh, check that out too. And yeah, uh, as far as the podcast goes, uh, we have recently moved servers. So if anyone is downloading on Podbean still um you're running out of time you've got three more weeks so uh, we've moved over to red circle you find grapple on any other podcast and app unfortunately we will be leaving Podbean, but i'll send you all messages about that in the coming weeks but yeah that's it for us for another show cheers for tuning in everyone three hours lads how did we do it oh well zero <laughs> bye what are we like let me tell you about the meal that is a winner you can have it for your tea or for your dinner It's good enough for royalty, for princes, kings and queens It's egg, sausage, chips and beans I'd like to eat it every single day With plenty of brain sauce and Tommy K From Glasgow to Southampton and all the in-betweens We love egg, sausage, chips and beans All together now, Sausage, chips and beans Egg, sausage, chips and beans I can eat it till I must have the seams Egg, sausage, chips and beans No, I couldn't This week on Patreon But yeah, we uh, we go from there into uh, one of the, uh, the big memorable... Um, moments uh, from this show uh, got to talk it as a package both the uh, the promo before it and the match itself uh, Brett Hart and Roddy Roddy Piper I will say for my money probably the including the promo best 40 minutes of Roddy Piper's career like the most I've ever liked Roddy Piper um, yeah I never liked Roddy Piper he's a gobshite but he was on form on this night and that you talk about memorable quotes, Gareth. Like this, this promo with the with, with Piper talking about you know Mama Heart and the bologna sandwiches, which 
you know, I, I could quote that before I knew what bologna even was. Uh, I had no idea as a kid. It's like, well, what's, what's, what's a bologna sandwich? Uh, and only one piece, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> and of course, you weren't potty trained until you were seven. All, all of that stuff. Like, yeah. he's just brilliant in this. In this, and Brett is as the stoic kind of cooler baby face just standing there comes across as the coolest man in the room it's just it's incredible and it's uh it's great to even watch back now yeah and especially because of just the um the dynamic of going into this that there were you know two baby faces with no mm. no beef particularly kind of thing other than it's just a match that where they're just you know they're wrestling because of the belt basically but that mm. interview beforehand just <sighs> Puts that bit of needle in there, doesn't it? it does, just puts yeah. that bit of, bit of something, you know, Don't very, very simply in, in a one-minute interview, they they create a bit of uh, a bit of needle between the bit, between the two of them and um, and the whole like obviously Piper's telling his stories and Brett's just like I want the belt, you know, and Piper doing the she be mine at the end kind of thing with the belt and it just made the belt feel important as well kind of thing that you know you had these two guys who were just. You know, going in there, they had a bit of history together that you might not necessarily have known about, that they've just very easily painted that picture to the audience and then also got across the importance of the the belt and the fact that there's um, you know, the that there's a bit of um, aggression between the two of them as well. It's just like perfect. Like literally one minute job done. It, it like succeeded in like three different areas, you know, fucking mm. glory days of wrestlers just like you know, go out there and just can and just off the cuff with a few bullet points just just do something like this absolutely mm. perfect yeah love it and it extends to piper's walkout because it's one of the things about Piper. if you're going to say piper's good at something he's good at charisma is what he's doing and kind of conveying a tone because of like you say the promo with him being so jokey and then when he comes out to the ring that look on his face it's like yeah you you look really cool until the moment you throw a punch or a kick and then the whole kind of edifice falls apart for me because he's generally quite awful but yeah i agree with you benno this is the best 40 minutes of his of of, <laughs> of his career like there's so much and again is that should i go back and watch the early 80s stuff i refuse but am I re- you, you can't mate it's not on the network anymore because he uh he, black, he blacked up didn't oh, he yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that, that's the story this week isn't it they've cut that oh, what what wrestlemania geez. is that is that wrestlemania six Six, is it? Yeah. The, yeah, the bad yeah. news brown match. Yeah. Six, yeah. Cut a few promos like that in his uh, in his eighties career. He's just a cunt, isn't he? I just don't like I just don't yeah. know what it is. I never liked him, even as a kid. I just didn't like him. It was just he's just a loud mouth, incoherent cunt. <laughs> I just don't get imagine it. Imagine trying to spend time with him. It's <laughs> kind of part of it. Just imagine you're in a you're in a pub in a mm. post-COVID universe, and he's who you see on fucking day one. He's <laughs> overexcited because there's people there and he's on a bench and he's mm. rabbiting on you like how do I get out of this? Mm. Like, that's all you're thinking. Um, yeah, he's he's just one of these people. It's, it's just kind of like a really, it's, it's just like quite bizarre how big he is because it just never really made, sen- made sense to me at all. And I, again, I think at this point, what, I'm, what I kind of really take away is just the absolute glory of Bret Hart 